Peter. And men versus women in the three-point contest. We put the best four NBA players against the best WNBA players. Shooters shoot, and let's see it. Even playing field. There's no 10-foot rim that holds you back, and let's knock it down. Well, according to you, you want her just playing with dolls, right? No, I want her, I want her to shoot from no, where she shoots from. No, she does shoot threes in the game. Just Not like from there. Caitlin Court, All right, coming up, it's the eighth. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu SHIB. Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. Now, you can buy SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges. My favorite place to buy SHIB is on Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following SHIB token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, everywhere else to find more information about investing in Shiba Inu. Diamond paws, SHIB to the moon. All right, let's do this thing. Everything is awesome. Everything is fantastic when you're part of a team. Everything is wonderful when you're part of the dream. And welcome back to the Evil Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond. I'm happy to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show. I'm a broadcaster, uber sports nerd, ready to take you on your sports talk journey. Now, some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Spengali. While we dive into the funny, odd, weird, and interesting stories from the world of sports. This past weekend was all NBA All-Star Weekend, and everyone hated it. The offseason is really, really here. And at this point, I'd like to welcome my co-host and co-conspirator. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy, my rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. Host of the <laughs> File Under Entertainment Podcast and College Football 25 pre-order customer, Eric oh, Stevens. Yeah. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, Mark. Happy to be here as always. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, it's there is uh, it's kind of hard to to move on with the season when there's just so much college football news that just keeps coming out. Where uh, there there's one thing that I, I that I, I wanted to get your reaction to right off the top. I didn't prep Eric. There were a couple emailers. There were two emailers. Uh, of course, one being UVA Doug. Uh, and then, of course, there was another listener who just isn't as committed as UVA Doug, but also likes to check in with uh, with a little bit of Notre Dame hate here and there. And uh, they were adamant about getting your reaction to uh, Stephen A. Smith's comments. Uh, and I'm wondering first, have you heard them, who? Eric? Stephen A. Smith? I'm not sure. Who? If you- <laughs> Is he relevant? I don't think he's relevant. So there's this guy who used to blackmail NBA players. Telling them that he would he would tell on them that they were homosexual unless they leaked information to him. That guy rose to prominence through those dirty dealings, and he actually became a star on ESPN. You never heard of this guy? <laughs> it's a bit, yes, of course I've heard of him, and I know mm. I know what he said, but uh, yeah, it's he's whatever. Well, let me get to some sound here. Uh, I'm just going to vamp while the commercial finishes playing because we're playing this courtesy of ESPN and the mouse. So, of course, we got to make sure nobody over there goes hungry. God forbid. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, here we go. 100% accuracy guaranteed. You talk about you have no sympathy for Notre Dame. Why are they even relevant? Can somebody answer that question for me? The wh- Okay, so he's got Paul Feinbaum. Is is this is a three person talking head segment? So there's Stephen A. Smith on the far left, looking dapper as ever, uh, a black dress shirt, chains over the top, over the over the lapel. So very classy. So this says, you know, I'm hood, but also I'm also like I'm business down here, but I'm still a little hood up here. I'm, he's got two gold chains, not quite Mister T territory, but 
two rope chains. Then you have Paul Feinbaum must not have got the memo about dressing the street. He's in his normal Brooks Brothers suit. He's looking like a, a vampire who happens to own a Brooks Brothers franchise. <laughs> and then, of course, there's a mad dog, Chris Russo, who once promised that he would leave sports talk. Uh, uh, of course, he welched on that bet. Here he is. And he's got he's got a sourpuss. He's like, there was a casting calls for Goombas for the the next Sopranos movie, and uh, he's one of the Italians who showed up. So this is what this panel looks like for our listeners. And of course, the subject is college football playoff expansion. I'm talking about Big Ten, SEC. You're probably going to want more spots. This is really more about money. But there's this argument now that the idea would be that Notre Dame never get a buy. That's kind of how they kind of bought their way in by not joining a conference. They would never get a buy, but they could never be excluded if, if they qualified. They always be, you know, be in the running for the at-large. Now, because of the money shakeup, there's a lot of Big Ten schools and a lot of SEC schools that are saying maybe Notre Dame shouldn't get that sweet deal. Maybe they should be treated like the rest of the group of five. Uh, and then this led to the question uh, that, of course, that you just heard that I'll, I'll replay here for you is that Stephen Smith desperately wants answers. He wants to know why is Notre Dame relevant? I'm going to I'm going to let this clip play and then I'm going to let Eric respond. Why are they even relevant? Can somebody answer that question for me? The, the Notre Dame fighting Irish in college football has not won a championship since 1988. When they won in the Fiesta Bowl, I think it was against West Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, if my math is correct. He's like a poor man doing a, a, a Malcolm X impression. You know, that? <laughs> like he's he's a guy doing an impression of Denzel Washington playing the Malcolm X character for the movie Malcolm X. Like he's very. That's 36 years without a national championship. I know they went to a national championship game. I remember when Brian Kelly was coaching them and he took them to the national championship game against Alabama. What happened in that game, Paul? <laughs> what happened in that game? They got bum rushed so badly. Okay, isn't this like the most, <laughs> before I get your opinion here, isn't this the most tee-up question of all time? This is, this is like asking me, hey, what's your favorite conspiracy? <laughs> well, is it, Stephen A. Smith is famously a, a huge Knicks fan, is he not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When was the last time the fucking Knicks won a national championship? Well, I just looked it up. The last time the Knicks won a championship was 1973. I think that's Ooh. longer than 1988, Stephen A. Fuckbag. Like, that would make them an, irrelevant. What an idiot. But, well, let's what see, an let's, absolute idiot. Let me let Paul Feinbaum, SEC Homer, he wants to yeah. vampire in a Brooks Brothers suit. He wants to buy an anti hater. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, deep in his bones because he he also remember the only Big Ten team he really kind of sympathizes with is Ohio State for some reason. We, we don't. They, they, they got annihilated, okay? I, I mean, Brian Kelly was probably planning his exit from Notre Dame at that moment, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is an annihilation that took place. They have not won a national championship game since 1980. They have not won a national title since 1988. That is 36 years. 36 years ago, Dougie, I was graduated from high school, had an afro. Headline was two feet forward, okay? Are you ready for this, Dougie? You had just started. With Mike Francesa on, on, on the fan in New York City. That's how long ago that was. That last time 
these brothers was relevant. And everybody walk around like Notre Dame. Uh, don't get me wrong. I- uh, now he's got to turn up the black guy part of it. <laughs> he's got to really bring it I home. I root for the brother coaching them now. I'm not rooting against them. The Fighting Irish is the Fighting Irish. I've been there. I, 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 it's a prestigious university. I get it. The Golics of the world and everybody love themselves from Notre Dame. And they. He's saying white people is what he, what he, what he wants he to should. say. Please don't get me wrong. But what the hell have they done? We're on national television. Georgia. Just missed out on the playoffs, and they were the reigning two-time defending national champions. We mentioned Notre Dame more than them. LSU got Brian Kelly. The man came from Notre Dame to LSU, okay? All right, LSU, they won national titles in recent memories. We saw what Joe Burrow, all right, and, and, and Jamal Chase and them brothers did, okay? But we still mentioned Notre Dame more than that, even though that was before Brian Kelly got there. Everywhere you look. We're talking Notre Dame. You got him on national television. Has anybody questioned NBC as to why you gave them this television deal? What have they done? What? Okay, totally non ESPN employee take. Eric, Doug wants to know. Our other Notre Dame hater wants to know. You're the Golden Domer, the defender. Please take Stephen A. Smith to task. How long was he talking about that? How long was his two? Two minutes, 21 seconds without me interrupting. So two and a half minutes that Stephen A. Smith is talking about an irrelevant program, right? On national Mm -hmm. television, talking about how irrelevant they are about being on national television while he's there on the four letter network, making them relevant. If him and two other talking heads and every other fucking windbag wants to talk about how irrelevant they are, well, why do you continuously bring them up? You're talking about them makes them fucking relevant, does it not? Talking about how irrelevant they are and giving two and a half minutes of uh, of national TV time makes them relevant. The fact that they are like so many people are still pissed about the the fact that they're independent and that they want to have a, a national schedule. Well, you made the comparison before about like oh some people are like they should be like the other group of five schools. Well, they don't play a group of five schedule. They play at like, well, I mean, this upcoming season is uh, a little bit of a, a misnomer because they have Virginia on the schedule. So uh, <laughs> you could call that a, a group of, of five schedule um, <laughs> because it's uh, it's pretty paltry. But last year's schedule put that up against anybody. And like did did Michigan, who won the national championship with an asterisk, did they play as tough of a schedule as Notre Dame Hell did no. last year? Mm-hmm. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> anybody in that in that playoff did they play a, a schedule like Notre Dame I mean okay you could say the SEC always plays a tough schedule there whatever uh but Notre Dame I, and again I'm fully aware of who they have on the schedule this coming season but talking about 2023 when they were potentially you know talking about uh, an outside shot at a playoff contention or whatever they played a nationally relevant schedule, which makes them a relevant team. And now the fact that they want to remain independent, which means that even if they're the number one team in the nation, they can't get a, a buy in that first week and they will be at maximum the number five seed uh, and have to play four consecutive games to win a national championship. Would anybody at that point then say that they didn't earn it? How can you fucking say that they are not relevant? How can you say that, oh, just join a conference? Oh, just join, what, the ACC so they can play two tough games the entire motherfucking year and then waltz through as the the number two team in the nation 
and that will get a buy that first week and then have, you know, home field, whatever, just cakewalk through the national championship. And then you're going to say, oh, they, they, they earned it or have them be the number one team in the nation that can't have a buy that first week that has to play four consecutive games. You can really tell me that they're not relevant and that they didn't deserve it. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, I, it's. to me it's a lot of these schools uh it's a lot of these fans of these schools kind of realizing that notre dame has what everybody wants right like in a world of of like hoover towns like the guy with a house is the bad guy they have their own they get to be on network television uh in in like and i am a file entertainment fan so let me be pedantic with you eric they're not on national <laughs> television they're on a cable television by the way so he's not even so he's not he doesn't he doesn't even have a good as tv deal as Notre game does but they, ha- they have everything you want so it's especially like as a fan somebody who who likes a, a team that barely was able to kind of scrape into the big 12 which is going to be which is funny the big 12 the new big 12 is going to be like the new pac 12 like they're there they're included but they know their place they don't get too yippy and if they ever win one they just count their lucky stars but you guys have everything you have the tv deal and then you you have that guarantee that you're not going to be left out and you're not you don't have to worry about this being a part of a conference and then hopefully joining the right conference because you might join the wrong one and you might not get treated you might join the acc only to see them to bring you on them to try to bring over Boise state or another one. Stanford Caleb said they're not, they will not be in the same conference. He'd rather not play football and basketball than be in the same conference as Boise and Fresno. So if they make these extreme measures to save the ACC, even if they brought you in, like there's no guarantee you could come in and Florida state and Clemson could be gone. Like you guys have like the dream scenario. And like, now that we're in this, now that college football fans, instead of talking about the game of football, now like the entire off season is about money. Who's getting money? Which players are getting money in NIL? NIL? Which schools are going to get money from the new TV contracts? It it it's all Forbes now. You notice that it's all Forbes in college football now. I just like the and the big part of the argument talking about how long it had been. Like again, he's a huge Knicks fan. The Knicks haven't won since seventy three. Okay, talking about other like another uh, team that we both like you've been a fan of them your entire life. Oregon's never won a national championship, yeah. right? Would yeah. you say that they're not relevant? I think that's the stupidest fucking argument ever to say that they're not relevant. They're always in the conversation. They're always, you know, a, a perennial. Well, when it was, when the pack was a thing that they were always in contention for winning the pack. And now they're going to be definitely competing for a, a big 10 title. I wouldn't say that they're irrelevant because they've never won. Georgia hadn't won in 40 fucking years, and then they won two in a row. So was Georgia irrelevant all that time? I would say no. They were always kind of like putting Alabama to the screws. And then so and then they they finally cashed it in. So but no one was supposed to talk about Georgia for 40 years because they hadn't won. Stephen A. Smith is a fucking moron. And that is the stupidest hot take that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, the real goal here is because it is it's i agree with you stupid hot take i don't know if it's the worst one but the the real offensive part to me see i'd be more offended if i was if if i was a true Notre Dame fan i'd be like what they like it's one of there's what maybe a handful of fandoms in all of sports like across the world where you can really say like the raiders raiders have fans literally all over the world uh uh uh, manchester united fans Mm -hmm. literally all over the world uh Notre Dame fans because it's catholic all over the world 
every single every single continent. Like it, 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 yes, they would be on every single continent because they probably put the eggheads in the scientists there <laughs> in Antarctica. Like they would be everywhere. It's one of the few sports fandoms that to be everywhere and then for to make the not relevant argument is pretty horrendous but the the real sin in this whole two minute tirade is the uh i love how he spins it he's blaming he forgives brian kelly he blames Notre Dame for brian kelly in that championship game which is the hundred percent the other way around hell no do you Brian Kelly was good and Brian Kelly was waiting to leave. And once they lost the national championship, like Brian yeah, Kelly was some like, he disaffected fan. He stayed for another eight years after that. What a fucking idiot. Like, obviously he knows nothing and has no comprehension. They went in year three of his tenure and he was there for 11 years. So like, what a moron. Like uh, Brian Kelly he was on, who was on his way out. He was looking to go to LSU. Then you're a fucking dipshit. <laughs> that's the real that's the real goal to me i'm like wow when did i guess as soon as you join the sec like it's it's like la cosa nostra right like as soon as you're sec <laughs> or you join the mouse you're part of that four-letter network like once you're in your your id like blood what do they call like omerta where it's like hey, hey he's one of us <laughs> now. yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Till death. Brian Kelly's in. He, yeah. Sometimes, we, sometimes we get good ones. Sometimes we get not so good. He's ours now, okay, guys. So we gotta, we gotta go to bat for him. Take his worst career public shame, and let's blame it on Notre Dame. Like he wasn't the guy standing on the sidelines, calling all the plates in that game. Like he was just some random guy who was part of that organization. It was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, how how can you blame? It? Him, not him, for that for that national championship loss, and, and for not being relevant. It sure is a game they mention a lot. <laughs> you know that, absolutely. <laughs> and, and like, I don't know how much uh, just grace that uh, Brian Kelly, pun intended, because that's, that's his daughter's name. How much uh, just uh, how just leverage and everything he's gotten about how great of a coach he is, because look at what he did for Notre Dame. Uh, it made them so successful. And they, they were the, you know, this blue blood that always had this level of success. And yet every single year, everybody says that they're irrelevant and that their wins mean nothing and that they play nobody. Hmm, well, that's kind of mm-hmm. weird. I guess uh, Brian Kelly did all that just on his own, huh? Just hmm, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Brian Kelly does not get to pull a Taylor Swift here and totally opt out of all blame for everything. There's only one person in this world who can pull that off. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, he, 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 only one woman has the the golden Uno reverse card on this planet, <laughs> <laughs> and she can sing her white narrow ass off. So <laughs> we allow it, <laughs> and the rest of us will use paper straws while she uh, destroys the atmosphere. Anyway, we got a great <laughs> show for you today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. It is the off season, but enough family from us, and we did get our answer. So UVA Doug, the other guy, I can't remember. I'm, it would be too difficult for me to pull up that email. Uh, but thank you for listening. You got your answers, both of you. As soon as this story break broke, I swear. I, I will get to the rundown, but let me just say this, and we'll talk this when we get to UVA, Doug. I suspect that like this guy has a an alert for Notre Dame because the moment that was it was literally like first takes over, they start processing. It was like literally like a 15, 20 minutes after that originally aired is is when that hit my inbox this morning. 
Yeah, and the, like, what does that tell you? Like, they're so irrelevant. They have people who are stalking them. <laughs> exactly. Like, you hate them so much, you can't wait to just talk shit about them and hear other shit be talked about them just to confirm your confirmation bias. Like, th- that makes them irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're so irrelevant. All right. Well, let's get to the rundown. What the hell is a rundown? The rundown. Hey, hey. At, a, at the heart of it, it's a college football show. What can we say? This is your rundown for Thursday. No, Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I was like, wait, no, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> Episode number 211. Make sure you're following us on Twitter slash X at EVLMRK and look for hashtag EMS211 to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talk about today's episode. Everything we talk about in today's episode from our Waffle House Minute to our New York Minute to our tacos that we present, there will be a link for you to find more information uh, and read the funny joke that is the name of the taco. So please, please, please make sure you're following us on Twitter. Also, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on TikTok and Instagram for additional uh, Mark-related content. Uh, TikTok, I, I know we've got, uh, I know the core people are in there. I know I've had a few people email. Uh, I've seen the numbers go up, so I'm really appreciating that, guys. We're getting closer and closer. So if you haven't already, there's a couple things you need to do on your checklist today. Uh, number one would be go there, follow us on TikTok uh, for things to come. Uh, first up, NBA All-Star Weekend happened last week, and I was memorized, but everyone else seemed to hate it. We have a couple of interesting stories from this past week. Also, we have America's Favorite Cat-Based Podcast Trivia Game, West Wrigley Watching, presented by Chewy.com, Waffle House Minute, and the most devious minute in all of sports. You really are the most devious bastard in New York City. Yeah, New York Minute. All your favorites are on deck for you today. Also, it's Thursday. You know what that means? We're going to be handing out some talk awards, the tastiest awards in all sports talk. But first, before we jump into Thursday, we got some shout outs for our listeners and supporters. I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. <laughs> before we dive into today's show, I want to thank all our listeners and watchers of our content. We encourage everyone to look inside this episode's description to find the links to all our social media pages where to get your Evil Mark Show t-shirt, links to our sponsors, the EMS Discord link. Uh, and Apple listeners can also sign up for EMS Plus, uh, only $5 per month to get all the background content. Also, you can contact us anytime by emailing the show at show at evilmark.com. Once again, that's show at evilmark. So these are the listeners we hear from every single week without fail, always giving feedback on the show, uh, positive and negative, but uh, generally listening and always having a good time. Uh, SEC super user, Mizzou man, horns down 69, Jenna P, Abdel, Duckman, Christy and NorCal, Maze man, James Harden's exquisite beard, who's pumped for today and all its NBA's content. And last but not least, you be a dog. <laughs> Who's a wild man now indeed? Yes, UBA Doug, uh uh Eric Hader, Notre Dame Hader, <laughs> and rebuked early in the episode. So it was perfect, perfect, perfect. And thank you guys for listening. Totally appreciate you. We're here to fuck shit up. Also, every Thursday, you heard his voice as well on the podcast. Eric joins us. He's the host of the wonderful podcast called File Under Entertainment. It could be easier. It's all alphabetical. A, A, B, C, D, E. The only podcast that Nick Cage himself personally listens to. You're, oh, that's right. America's Greatest Thespian. You're Nick. <laughs> Huge. 
Eric, tell us a little bit about File Entertainment. What is uh, it? Where can you find it? And what is it all about? Thank you. A file under entertainment is available on all platforms. It's the podcast where uh, we find out what UVA Doug's favorite movies are and just talk <laughs> nonstop incessant trash about them for two hours plus. Uh, you know, in reality, it, our shtick is we go in alphabetical order. The season is all about movies again, uh, where Mark is joined to discuss uh, Airbud, um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Alien versus Predators. Um, the B episode is the latest in the feed. Uh, that was with David from Let's Play Death Ray. Uh, Jared chose uh, Blade Runner 2049. David's selection was Boondock Saints and mine was uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Just a lot of fun just talking about movies from an alphabetical approach. We play uh, fun a game, I guess you could call it, and like very important questions. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there, there's a lot of great episodes on there. Uh, the last, the, the, I finally got to finish the the B one. I had to break it up into two parts. I listened to it the last time we recorded. Uh, Jared kind of trips me out. Like I, I did not expect his reasoning for to like play Runner 2049. And uh, wait, I, you, you know Jared, and you didn't expect that that was his reasoning. It was basically just because he's a hornball and wants to fuck a, a hologram. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I. I always give him too much credit. Anytime I think of him, I'm like, hmm, that's rather interesting. I'm like, like when, when I thought there for a moment that he, he had chosen vanilla sky and I'm like, Let, I know him as a person. Why, what would be all the things that, that I would, that I could connect there. And then you start drawing all these Venn diagrams and then you talk to him and he's just like, you're like, no, nah, I never saw that. I don't know what that is. Or <laughs> he'll be like, yeah, I just, you know, it rained frogs. It was crazy. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I one time saw it rain frogs and I was kind of like, it would be like that. That's exactly the conversation. <laughs> exactly. No, but he actually does have some uh, interesting insight. I don't know. So obviously you, you heard the, the talk for what, five, 10 minutes probably uh, in Boondock Saints about would that gun have gone off the way that it did? <laughs> yes. Jared I arguing with, uh, with David back and forth about it's uh yeah that's that's our boy jared he gets hung up on the most uh ridiculous of minutiae but and that's he's, our with guy. You, he's with you uh every time a new episode of file and entertainment comes out so we got we have c coming up but that's not for a while i know that's got some really great movies in there i i didn't want to if you i want to get you guys hyped up for this because it's it's patty shack the possibly greatest comedy of all time uh cool hand luke quite possibly the best Paul Newman film of all time. And then the crow arguably I, I just watched it last night. I, I, it was so once removed from my mind that I, I forgot how good it was. It, it's, it's yeah, shocking it's a, to me. Eric. Some, it, some rough stuff in there, obviously. I mean, I think everybody that listens to, to both shows, you know, it's kind of uh, my, my thought process on on the essay stuff. Mm. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty rough, but I, I do love that. It's like the perfect revenge film, you know, and it, it's all done for, for love. And it's just so cool. And the fucking soundtrack just kicks so much ass. I love that soundtrack. I love uh, Brandon Lee in that role. Just really, really cool. This was I, I. I was thinking about this when I when I watched it last night. I was like, like this was our generation's John Wick, right? And, yeah. and the, the shame, the shame here is that they get to have like seven John Wicks, and yeah. we only get one, the, the Crow. 
It, they, yeah. it, so well, they they made others. Well, they made others, but you know a, a real one, a real one. Yeah, one of them with uh, Edward Furlong. <laughs> <laughs> Very forgettable. So. Now, that's the movie universe that uh, <laughs> uh, that maybe needs a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't boy. know. It, it might be sponsored by like the suicide hotline, the national suicide prevention hotline. Like <laughs> I, I feel like they might sponsor a podcast like that, but uh, yeah, that's it, it, if you guys, if it's not fresh in your mind, you got to go back and see the crow. I, I knew it was good before I had seen it, but I had not seen it since I remember I saw it when it first came out, obviously, but then like maybe a couple years in there, but for some reason, like it, it never made it past high school for me. Like I knew about it. When I thought of the crow, I thought of like Sting the Wrestler, and I thought of all the other kind of aping of it in pop culture. I don't, like I, I almost like it was all very familiar to me, but like I had forgotten the whole thing because it'd been that long since I'd seen it. And then as I'm watching it, it was it was great because it's like a a rediscovery. I'm like, oh, this was fucking cool. Why isn't this remembered more fondly? Yeah, it's one that just. Well, good. People. I'm really looking forward to talking about it then, because I mean, for people, <laughs> for people our age, it's just like it's like, oh, that was a cool. And then it even almost adds. It's got a Jimi Hendrix mystique because there's only one. There's not a lot of content, and then there's every single story that went around that movie production, or like what led up to it, or what led after it to it, or all the rumors. Like it all just piles on and on and on. So then it's not even. So you have this really awesome movie. But the folklore around it has grown so much that it, it the movie almost takes a back seat to it. Like I would say the past 20 years. And then when you watch it again, you're like, oh yeah, this is why it warranted that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And I'm I'm glad that you do have such a, a fondness for it because I don't know what uh, Jared's thought is gonna be on it. I kind of think that he digs it but i don't know so it, it may be for all the wrong reasons so uh, See, th- th- this is one that's like right up his alley that he should eat up and then he's gonna find a problem with it i guarantee it i guarantee it. you're like this is this is like made for him like if you could somehow uh, we, it'll be we, something with the guns it's like the muzzle flash from the g86 wasn't accurate <laughs> we, we can we can clone Anna de Armas, right? <laughs> we could brainwash her into hitting on Jared. But yeah, if she if she were like, no, 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 that I don't, you know, I don't care about guns, like like that. Yeah, he'd be like, no, no, that just can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> built for him, and he would still not go for it. That that's now. It's funny you bring up Jared because uh, he's been your co-host for a while. Now he was your co-host on the second season, the music season. And there was, yes, you had a lot of different episodes. You broke down different artists. So it was A through Z. Uh, so like uh, some examples of that, like went for the letter Y. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yellow card. Never got my Ocean Avenue, but still great episode. Great episode. Make sure you listen to that. That's season two, episode 27. Y. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yellow card. Really good one. Uh, there was, uh, uh, oh, Vampire Weekend, uh, Veruca Salt, uh, Violent Femmes. Uh, there was Ugly Kid Joe. That was the U episode, the used um, there was the first episode I ever appeared on Grateful Dead, uh, but uh, and garbage. I always forget the G, but now I remember it. And then, uh, but I, the my personal favorite is uh, um, season two, episode nine. I'm not sure if you if you know this this one by season and number, Eric. But I, I think this is the only rapper you prominently had on this year. It is under the the 
artist from A to Z. Oh, insane clown posse. <laughs> insane clown posse. <laughs> oh, God. So the only real rappers, and of course, there were some other rap songs in the 60s or in the in the 80s and 90s. I tried to bring a lot of raps to those to those very special episodes where we breaking where you're breaking down the decades. Like I tried to bring a little bit of hip hop flavor, but couldn't bring too much. I, there was also uh, uh, I mean, we, we did have someone else brought digital underground. So, I mean, there was all we haven't really got to feature a lot of great rappers. And I know you're not a huge fan of rap, but we gave Dem- Damian Lillard the, the chance when, when he was coming up in the game. Uh, <laughs> there's another NBA superstar who I feel it's time for the maybe. Maybe it's just a, it's a pilot episode. As a pilot episode. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome people to must, <laughs> people must really fucking hate this. <laughs> Welcome to Mini File and Entertainment. I'll be your host, Mark, Evil Mark. And with me as always is Eric on a mini file and entertainment episode. And uh, that makes me the Jared in this situation. That, that does make you the Jared situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can be guest. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm uh, <laughs> I, I'm becoming more degenerate as the second stick by. <laughs> Just just by being in the chair. The chair is, is passing it on to you. Well, we have a very special mini file on our episode. Uh, we're, we're, this is a bonus for, for season two. Maybe the uh, the hidden episode that maybe will never appear. But maybe, since we never pro- prominently featured a good rapper, and we've done this on this show, uh, I'm proposing a... NBA players as rappers file entertainment. And let me give you a little taste of what that would sound like with this special uh, artist I would put up there would be one Kevin Wayne Durant uh, born September 29th, 1980, also known by his initials. KD is an American professional basketball player. I'm just reading from the wiki uh, for the Phoenix Suns and the National Basketball Association. Widely regarded as one of the greatest players in NBA history. Durant has won two NBA championships a most valuable player, two finals MVP awards, two NBA all-star game, most valuable player awards and four NBA scoring titles and was the NBA rookie of the year award. And has been named to 10 all NBA teams, including six first teams and select 14 times as an NBA all-star. Not only is he one of the best basketball players on the planet, but did you know also a rapper? Now, Eric, I did not. I, I, I'm going to play a little bit of this song for you. I only have one selection. His catalog is not deep. He's only started dabbling, but we've heard uh, other prominent rappers we've heard on the show is Deion Sanders, uh, Damian Lillard. I mean, uh, we, we've been pretty, as, as far as this new micro subgenre of NBA players who are also rappers, like, we're, I feel like we're, we're like blazing the trail, right? Like, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're covering it. We got all our bases covered here, but. Kevin Durant has been featured on a rap song. Um, they, I'm going to play a little bit of this song for you. Now you're, you had an, an entire second season all about music. I mentioned a <laughs> lot of those episodes. I mentioned a lot of that, those talks, uh, in-depth talks, really good ones. And I'm not even joking about that. You should go back and check out season two. Listeners. I'm sorry. I had nothing to do with this. This, this <laughs> no, is all I, Mark. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, so let me give you a little bit of Kevin Durant. And then I want to get your feedback. So okay. this is uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, uh, I think this is Brosha, Brosha clan. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's the name of the song, but this Kevin Durant featured right here. Let me play a little, some bars here for you. Yeah. 
again. Spin the block, then we add it again. Hey yo, look, rest in peace to Barbara Davis We hit another layer When she speak to me, it's like she's saying prayers I feel like Randy Moss when he was on the Raiders Man, they love the haters This woman's so fine, I give her cash payments Baby, I'm just so blue to the basics I wanted more room, so I copped a crib Sitting adjacent uh, in this whole world Hold on, I'm gonna pause right there First impressions, like I love it. Like I'm not even being facetious. Like it's uh, he's it's 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 a little molassy. It's a little slow. It's definitely like a a Drake, childish Gambino, I, like a copy of a copy of a Kanye West. What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, he's not trying too hard. Like it, I mean, some of the guys like really try to bring it, or you know, or just like really try to be like, I'm going to be the number one rapper. Just like I'm going to mm-hmm. have rap the hip-hop game be as much as part of my life as basketball and it's just like no he's just doing this like i don't think he had like any real aspirations they probably just asked him hey would you be interested in doing this be like i dabbled i I can i could do this he seems very back let's play a little bit more of the song Freddie Jason, I'm sitting in the places of great but never complacent. Yeah, maybe I'm a stoner. Yeah, I took that long walk up the hill that made me alone. And I-, I gotta say, this is like all the modern hip hop that I that I really like, like Kendrick Lamar, the modern day Kanye, uh, modern day Drake. It, it it's it's all like late. It's like it's almost like stoner hip hop, just but. It, I, I love the earlier in the song, the name check to Randy Moss on the Raiders. Yeah, right. I, I, I had tip. Like you, you can't be like Dion and just make all your rhymes about sports. You can't be like, I hand it off, like I'm running back. And then I run it back. Like you, you can't be all about sports. If you can throw in like a, that was like, a, it's a very hipster kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that's like name checking like a, a Antonio Brown when, when he was on the bucks, it's like <laughs> one specific point in time or Antonio Brown, when he was on the Raiders, like uh, that, in fact, he could have really now not to criticize his music here. I'm the one here selling his song to you, but like he could have mentioned Antonio Brown rather than Randy Moss. It would have been a little bit more dated. I mean, or is this part of like his, what is this from? What year? This is from this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. so, like I think that no, it would have been good if he did something about Antonio Brown on the Bucks because then he could have rhymed that with something about Giselle and fucks. Then you know, like, <laughs> hey, hey man, <laughs> wait, <laughs> hold on, because I, I do have a little bit of history with rapping, so I'm gonna find out about you. The money that was made couldn't be scared. This that was so smooth. I'm... Yeah, it's 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 it's. Uh, I gotta admit. Uh, Jason, uh, in this whole world, I'm Freddie Jason. I'm sitting in the places of great but never complacent. Yeah, maybe I'm a stoner. Yeah, I took that long walk up the hill that made me alone. And uh, baby, I don't like me. Yeah, I, I dig it. I love it. Really, really wonderful. I it it, it kind of surprises me that uh that Kevin Durant would be so such a good rapper, but I mean. Let me present this evidence to you, like why Ke- why Kevin Durant would make a great rapper, right? Okay. I mean, he's a guy who who when when there's 
Twitter groups, X groups that like uh, Katie's game is falling off. He joins those Twitter groups <laughs> to defend himself. He has his burner accounts, uh, his feud with, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's that stupid white guy's name? He was in all those great Spike Lee movies and he, he was nasty to the show. Um, Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport, that fucking douchebag. Like, <laughs> like, like, you knew that person would get some play, but man, Kevin Durant is a rapper. Like, I, I you know, why he makes sense as a rapper is because he's very dramatic. He had all his burners accounts. So he had that feud. Um, everywhere he goes, he fought. He fought with uh, Draymond Green and the the rest of the Golden State Warriors. Like he's kind of his whole NBA career has been drama. Like, <laughs> of course he would make a good rapper. Like he, he played with Kyrie Irving. Like, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's like a couple albums worth. I would think of <laughs> of material. He can do one on just like flat Earth shit alone. <laughs> I mean, hey. Is the guy common? Is he going to be? Is he KRS one? No, but I mean, hey, you know what? I, I'm a fan. I dig it. Yeah, I mean, it's much better. Like you know how much of a Kobe guy I was. Like I love Kobe Bryant, and I still miss him dearly every single day. He did a rap album and oh that yeah was, that was not good so like obviously uh kobe's got some uh some some stuff that we don't like to talk about um and, and the rap thing is one of them so i think you know uh kd's definitely got kobe beat in, in terms of uh rap game for sure that's how I always felt about Damian Lillard. Like I, when he played in Portland his whole entire career and congratulations to him for winning that, uh, for winning the MP, MVP honors. But like when I hear Damian Lillard rap, it's just like, I'm like, man, I, he's so lucky. He's such a good basketball player. No one would put up with this shit. People would be like, all right, dude. Yeah. No, no one's, if you try to buy a studio time, they'd be like, no, you just stop. You just, you don't have to do this. Donate this money. Do something good. Will you <laughs> okay. please? Please just help someone else other than yourself. <laughs> yeah. Not great. But uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, I, I think, uh, I don't think there are any real Kevin Durant fans, but Suns fans, uh, hold your head, your, your head's high. Uh, maybe, maybe the greatest sports rapper, or do we need to hear more material before we can, we can make that leap? Mm, I'm assuming you have other selections for us to kind of, but I mean, well, that's going to be hard to top for sure. Well, no, I, I do have more selections and they are definitely available. If you want to do a whole episode on the file under entertainment feed, a special season two episode, whatever the last one was. <laughs> uh, and of course, in true season two fashion, I have. So in true honor of a mini file and entertainment, we have the greatest game. Uh, it was formerly the greatest game. Uh, it, it surplanted by what's the new game on season three? <laughs> very important questions. Oh yeah. Very important <laughs> questions. So obviously season two, we've got, we obviously, we have a Godfather part two, Godfather three situation going. I'm joking. I'm joking. But <laughs> Farley, far better, far better theme song. Uh, uh, is it Hootie? Okay. So just a one for one, true or false for all the marbles on the special mini file entertainment episode. Okay. I have, I have two lines and Mm. let me know. Is it Hootie? Of course, famously Hootie sounds like everyone else from their generation, like 
I'm Xbox 20, <laughs> Counting Crows. They all kind of have the same wham wham dramatic flair. So it could be anybody. It could be Hootie. So that's the question. So here okay. are the lines. They now feel jaded because I want to feel like I did. Is it Hootie? Now, if I only gave him two lines because this is a guy who created who is it Hootie. So he is yeah. familiar with Hootie lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I, I read literally every single thing that ever written by Hootie. Oh, man. It kind of feels familiar, but again, like what you were talking about in the lead up, that could be <laughs> that I heard it from. Could be my smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel low that you're always trying to put one past me. I think that this, I'm going to say yes, that it is Hootie. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I, I thought I, I gave you that whole lead up. I gave you all that fire about Matchbox 20. <laughs> I gave you that whole build up. I should have, I should have went with further and said, even harks back to different eighties and seventies acts like the Eagles. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, just, it, it felt familiar. So I was trying to piece together like you. All those times when I was uh, reading Hootie stances to try to come up with the game. And, yeah. <laughs> All the Hootie you read. Well, you could have yeah, you could have listened. You could have done it the long, arduous way rather oh, than the yeah. easy way. <laughs> so now that we've 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 given KD our stamp of approval, we've played Is It Hootie, it's time to slam that filing cabinet closed. <laughs> and of course that was a mini file entertainment. Oh, all my drops. It's, it's great. <laughs> and I'm running them better than Jared. I'm like, boom, boom. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and I am pretty ripped too. So, uh, awesome. so make sure you're on the main feed of file under entertainment, wherever better podcasts are offered. Make sure you're going back and listening to those old episodes. You're going to love my musical journey. You're going to love G grateful dead. Uh, even if you're just listening for me, go listen to those episodes, go check out some other episodes. We do not ask for money, but we do ask. And once again, asking for your financial support. Go give it a listen. Grateful Dead, Deadheads, Deadheads who have maybe joined me or who have fallen off or who are who have forgot about that one. Bros, go back out there. Check out that G garbage. And you get Grateful Dead because you know I'm going to pimp that. But you get the Grateful, you get garbage on top of it. Great selections. Go back and check out that one. My Deadheads, go check out that G episode. Uh, File on Entertainment, uh, where better podcasts are offered. Also, Thank you very much. You're, you're always very generous with the I, I love to play. I, I love mini file entertainment. <laughs> I'm glad that you do. I love the show. I like to do the show inside my own show. It's just great. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, if you're not already while you're on the internet, make sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at EVLMRK. Once again, it's EVLMRK. Uh, and look for hashtag EMS211 to see special links, tweets, pictures, stories we're talking about in today's episode. You can DM me on there. I will respond. Uh, come follow your boy, Pinguino, on the Twitter. Now. It's time. I know everyone's annoyed who loves what's really watching because I basically just did a whole segment I didn't cleric about. So I, I know you've had enough of the stuff. Let's get let's get to the game show, Mark. Uh, clown, start clowning. Uh, let's start <laughs> today with America's favorite cat-based podcast trivia game. Of course, the cat's the you need star. Those, like the the honk noises, like the the <laughs> clown nose. Uh, the one time I need an Alex Jones drop because I'm like, but <laughs> I mean, like someone who sounds like this. <laughs> I-
I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> yeah, we don't want someone who sounds like that. <laughs> We're gonna play America's favorite game. Uh, uh, it's to test your knowledge of cinema's greatest movies, videos, and favorite sitcoms. It's time to play a little What's Wrigley Watching presented by Chewy.com. And of course, uh, thank you to the band uh, Old Dominion uh, for providing that song. Uh, the sweetest thing, uh, that, of course, is the Meow Mix version. Um, and uh, thank you, Old Dominion, the trucking company, and Old Dominion University. Now, last week, the winner was David L. in Denver, Colorado, who correctly guessed the movie Anyone But You, the 2021 rom-com starring Sydney Sweeney in Sydney, Australia, near Sydney Opera House. And Eric's Clue, uh, which was the censure, is the story is loosely based on the much ado about nothing old Billy Shakespeare. Do you remember the clue from last week? I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> much it's ado like, about boobies is back <laughs> at the box office for Valentine's. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, that's really great. So that was the one that led uh, David L to, uh, I guess he said, that's what encouraged him to Google and find the right one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And his clip, uh, since we didn't have anyone else to correctly guess, uh, was he found a clip online and he encouraged me to uh, thank Sony for allowing us to discuss this critically. This is uh, from the movie Anyone But You. This would be the final uh, song that the the whole movie kind of hinges on is a, a Natasha Bedingfield song. Uh, and definitely the one you're thinking of. I know there's like two other ones, but it's the main one. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Sony Pictures. Uh, whether you chose to do so or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I if maybe here we go. I am unwritten, can't read my mind. I'm undefined. Now Natasha Bedingfield. See, I, I was debating on this. I was like, would this be one of them that's right up Eric's alley? She's got a, you got a singer songwriter, good looking mm-hmm. white lady. No, this was, a, it, I think it Whoa. was like, the, it was the theme song of the Hills or mm-hmm. one of those things that Megan used to watch with those fucking vapid pieces of shit. Like, you know, I just, I can't, can't tolerate that. No, <laughs> hold on, let me see. I'm just beginning. I mean, this is not a good one. This is the cast, and this is like the 2012 uh, Les Mis. You know, like, like, to me, this is a very, very good song. I like it. It's a fun, upbeat song. I like Roar. My favorite line ever is the, the I went from zero to my own hero. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, you can't compare. Natasha Bedingfield to Katy Perry. That's just, they can't be done. But this song is, I think, worthy. It's it's, it's kind of clever. I, you know what I love? And one of these tropes I love in music is is where it's a, a song about not being able to write a song. Like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one. Oh, like, uh, I won't write you a love song, which is literally about, she's writing about how they talk, they send her work back to her and like, no, no, we need something we could sell. Like, how about you just write a love song? And that Yeah, well, me. see, I, I do like Sarah Bareilles. That's, oh, that's yeah, she's great. Yeah. 
but Natasha Bennyfield, is it the British thing? Does it have to be an American? Does it have to be like no, oh, I, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like Brits. Uh, Ellie Goulding is a uh, oh, that's one of, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my faves, and um, yeah, I, I like the the Brit thing. I just I don't like that song. I think it's <laughs> it's not so much her. It's just like you know, kind of guilt by association. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I hated that that show, and uh, that was just like constantly playing. And so I just have, you know, like Vietnam flashbacks because of that. Here we go. Get to it. (laughs) So, yeah, David L. in Denver, uh, congrats to you for, uh, and and congratulations to Denver being the city with the most downloads so far in 2024. Love you, Denver. I don't know why you love us, but. (laughs) Yeah. Must not have heard all the old stuff. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go back to the 100s. Just stay out of there. Start listening right now. Uh, yes, thank you for being a part of the show. I think Wrigley has been watching even more TV. Set us up for this week, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, the always relevant what's Wrigley watching. <laughs> Wrigley is always <laughs> wanting to be part of the show, which is why he's lent his paw of approval to our tacos. He's spoiled. He has his own room with his own TV and DVR, which he uses to watch uh, sports and films to contribute to the show, which is awesome. But unfortunately, since he's a cat, he's not the best at communication. So he's been using the dog's communication buttons to tell us about this old piece of media he was watching. Maybe you, dear listener, can be like David L. in Denver and help Mark and I piece together what's Wrigley watching. Your clues for this week are... (laughs) This is one that I was not familiar with, so... uh, Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Really tough one. Yeah. This might uh, require some... Some similar Googling. Uh, so take a, <laughs> take a, a tip from David L. and hit the Google machine. Uh, coupon clipper extraordinaire. Strongly worded letter to all companies. Savvy super saver. Say that 77 times. <laughs> Buying and selling machine guns. Postal service ride along. And Blue was getting a little testy with Wrigley that her and Go should be a part of this thing. So she's they've collectively agreed that the sixth clue would be a combined effort between them, which we're calling Blue's Clues slash Ghost Gift. Last week, it was Much Ado About Boobies is back at the box office for Valentine's. The film is based on Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing, as Mark mentioned. And it stars the breastacular Sydney Sweeney. And based on a box office success, it was put back in theaters to capitalize on Valentine's Day dates. And for this week, it is that lady that likes sloths as an Olympic gold medal winning race walker. <laughs> it's once again from the top. Coupon clipper extraordinaire. <laughs> strongly worded letter to all companies. Savvy super saver? Say that 77 times. Buying and selling machine guns. <laughs> Postal service ride-along. And that lady that likes sloths as an Olympic gold medal winning race walker. <laughs> if you want your pet to be spoiled like Wrigley, Ghost Blue, Havana, and Jared Stinky Birds, you can find the best stuff to give them their best life at Chewy.com. As a Chewy affiliate, we earn commission for qualifying purchases. You can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pets 
like superstars. That was What's Wrigley Watching. Make sure to send your answers to show at evilmark.com. Once again, that's show at evilmark.com. I need the name of the movie, and then you, you don't have to send me a scene. You're, you, this is available available on a major screening, a streaming service, a major streaming service. And so a, a, you, you can find this one. You don't have to watch it. I've already done that dirty work for you. So I will pick the clip. So just send me the name of the movie, uh, your name, and then the city and state where you're from. Please make sure you have all those. You would say that it's one of the top streaming services, right? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> the very top. <laughs> <I think. laughs> oh, we're so fucking clever. Eh? We can't, can't even get over it. <laughs> I think I'm lost. So anyway, but <laughs> definitely, 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 definitely making your checking, your checking out, uh, uh, chewy.com. Uh, a link is in the show description. So if you go to the show description right now, you'll find our link to chewy.com. Go there, use that link. And even if you're already a chewy customer, use that link anyway. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And we appreciate chewy.com and their huge savings huge thank you bringing huge savings uh they can pass on to you i use them all the time just got a box about two weeks ago uh i'm set set for the month but i do not have to go out to a store you don't want to be out there it's hot global warming uh, stay in your house get everything delivered you get your chewy box pet toys supplies <laughs> medicine everything jesus <laughs> <laughs> You are ripped, aren't you? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> just a skosh. <laughs> just a skosh. Just a. Uh, you leave like a toasted marshmallow, you know, and just a, just a little bit on the outside. Well, uh, <laughs> so make so where it's going to be timestamped because I, I think there's going to be people who now that we've given away. Should I give you a? No, I've given you guys enough clues. I, I, it's just. Yeah, I've given you enough clues, so you'll have it. Send me the answer to show at heelmark.com. We're going by all those requirements. And we're going to go by time. Um, got a minute? A Waffle House minute? A New York minute? Let's start with America's favorite non-cat-based uh, sports talk segment, New York minute and Waffle House minute. Now, uh, this is the, each participant will have exactly one minute, maybe a little bit more, to tell a very important mid uh, New York. Damn, I changed this everywhere except one's <laughs> place. A Southern story or New York story before hearing the... <laughs> And we move on. Uh, let me get a minute on the clock here. Uh, so we flip up week after week. Uh, you actually have the Waffle House Minute. Uh, it's been a while since you've had a Waffle House Minute. Uh, no, no. I have the Waffle well, House Minute. It's, it's been a uh, while since you've had the New York Minute. I was going to say, uh, you got me scared shitless there because it's like, did I prepare the wrong thing? Because I've got <laughs> be, I definitely have a New York story. <laughs> well, there'll be just two, two New York bits so we can play that same <laughs> sound effect. But let me put a minute on the clock. And uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, go at the sound effect. You really are the most devious bastard in New York City. <laughs> hey, jerk-offs. The only thing worse than being a fan of the Bum Rangers is having k- Ticketmaster screw you out of over 1500 bucks worth of tickets when you were trying to see those bums take on those other bums, the Islanders. <laughs> Anthony Dos Santos, <laughs> I can't do the entire the accent the whole time. Anthony Dos Santos can tell you all about it. He snatched eight tickets from the outdoor stadium series game this past Sunday, shelling out $1,644.95 back in October through a pre-sale code on Ticketmaster, something I'm paying very close attention to, seeing as how I've purchased several pre-sale <laughs> concert tickets this very way for this upcoming s- summer. When Dos Santos and his group of family and friends arrived at the stadium, MetLife Stadium employers would not allow them in the stadium due to faulty tickets. 
He told the New York Post, quote, I spent three and a half hours before the game in 30 degree weather tailgating, exciting with a, excited with a group of over 10 of my closest family members and friends. And when we got to the door of MetLife Stadium. We were told the eight tickets I was scanning were scanned already an hour ago. End quote. <laughs> uh, his documentation checked out, including the email confirmation, a bank statement showing the deduction and a screenshot of his Ticketmaster account showing that he had not sold them ahead of the game. None of it mattered. He added, quote, they basically told me they couldn't do anything for me at all. They were rude and dismissive. And when I asked if they could go to my seats and verify with the other people who they claimed had scanned, they said no. And then they told me to go get a refund. My family was humiliated and left without a life memory because of things out of our control, end quote. Doubling the downer news, turns out that they also missed a hell of a game as the Rangers rallied from a 4-1 deficit to tie the game with just a minute and a half left, and then they scored the game winner 10 seconds into overtime to walk it off 6-5. to He added, quote, I had to read about it being the greatest outdoor game ever as I was <laughs> taking Tylenol for my splitting headache at home, end quote. Now the Rangers, to their credit, are planning on hosting DeSantos and company at an upcoming game. And after they learned about the ordeal, but this is going to be a tough one for him to just forget about it. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, you're right on time. Oh, sorry. I had the, the, the thing went off. Let me, uh, I'll play the side of you, you were just a little, little bit over, but you're right there. <laughs> I, so it was a legitimate purchase through Ticketmaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's and it's per it's petrifying me because like this summer is like a shit ton of concerts that um, I have the desire to see. So uh, yeah, we've got like six tickets for upcoming things, and all of them are through Ticketmaster, and a lot of them were through the presale. And I'm like, motherfucker, if this happens to me, I'm gonna be furious. Oh, it's <laughs> why are like all sports tickets like it, it's always a pain in the ass. Or any kind of sports tickets, concert tickets, like any event tickets, event ticketing in this country is is terrible. It's a nightmare. It, it might be like there's like when it comes to our biggest problems, like inflation would be number one, right? And then it would be this. This would be number two. <laughs> I mean to deal yes, with event absolutely. <laughs> you, I, I got free tickets. What was the last event I went to? Oh, it was for the uh, the uh, not the insight.com or whatever the hell they're calling it down there. Uh, I can't remember the name of the bowl game here in town. Uh, uh, it used to be the insight.com bowl. Um, but that was, yeah, that was in December and I got the tickets through SeatGeek, and every part of it was a pain in the ass. Like got the tickets, had to sign up for the account, had to give them mm -hmm. all my information, share everything. And then I was, they were like, basically put the tickets behind the paywall. <laughs> so I had to email their customers. It, it was just like, it was, it was a nightmare. It was literally a nightmare. Uh, and it always is. It's never an easy experience, like when there was paper tickets. But I, I know that's not going to happen. But still, I, I don't know why it's so terrible in this country. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a lot more uh, like fraud with that, like you know, people forging or making counterfeit tickets or copying them or whatever. Or there's like if it's all a physical, tangible thing. Like I, I had a horror story from one of my buddies who'd gotten uh, Notre Dame tickets actually from a, a vendor. This was like years and years and years ago. This was, you know, probably a decade ago or more or whatever, when there was still paper tickets, but uh, he stopped for gas on, on the way uh, to South Bend and just had the, the tickets sitting on the dash as he went inside and came back out and they were gone. So he's like, he's fucked, like completely screwed, you know, had his tickets stolen. So now, I mean, there's, 
uh, it's less apt to happen if it's through like an app or if it's mm-hmm. a digital kind of thing, you know, through a, through an email, there's, there's a little bit more, you know, kind of checks and balances with that kind of stuff that if it was just like paper that you can just like take it and, you know, there's nothing to really tie it to you owning that. But, uh, yeah, it's still not easy. You know, there's always kind of snafus and things that can happen. So isn't it every time I think of the ticketing system, terrible ticketing system, I think of how Pearl Jam had to die for, for all this. (laughs) Just it's a damn shame. And they won the bastards won the fucking (laughs) bastards won. (laughs) Well, let's get to the, uh, I have the waffle house minute this week. Uh, If you'll put 60 seconds on the clock for me, I I have a story that uh, Paul Feinbaum, please perk your ears up because I (laughs) mark the sec shill. I'm going to deliver here. (laughs) I got you ready. Go at the from the Waffle House, located just off the Beltway. If your true north is due south, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say the current NFL mock draft value of Brock Bowers is too damn low. If you're sleeping on Brock Bowers, you're snoozing through the biggest football wake-up call since Mike Leach rewrote the Hal Mummy playbook on the air raid. This ain't about where he lands in the some mock draft. This is about rewriting the damn script on what it means to dominate between the hash marks in real life. Now, why hate? Why hate on this man? Are we letting the shadow of Kyle Pitts dictate Bowers' fate? It's like judging a ribeye steak by the tofu you had last week. Bowers <laughs> ain't just a tight end. He's a force of nature, a gridiron deity in cleats. Bowers didn't just waltz into college football. He bulldozed his way in like a runaway freight train. Blocking, that was his bread and butter. And he's still better than everyone else in the country. He's George Kittle with a southern draw, a side of sweet tea. So to all you egghead, armchair pundits, and draft day skeptics, I got two words for you, Brock. Bowers, remember the name because he's about to rewrite the tight end narrative like a true Southern gentleman rewriting a Waffle House order. Say it with me, folks. Draft pundits don't know anything. Wow, that was right on. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, right on. I'll chop that up for TikTok. <laughs> I'll be like, there you go, Jared. <laughs> a little montage of that. <laughs> that was perfect. That was like 59 and a half seconds. Ooh, that was damn. wonderful. I, we've seen this guy. I, I I feel like we've covered the the bulk of the guy's career at Georgia. Like, yeah, he's always been the. I don't know why they can't get a wide receiver there for the life of them. They can buy every other recruit in the country. Can't seem to get a, a really top end wide receiver. But Brock Bowers has been the best tight end, probably the most consistent and best part of that offense for for that whole entire championship run. For sure, no doubt. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's hard. I mean, I was gonna. Try to say, you know, like uh, Notre Dame's had some pretty good tight ends, but I, I don't think that they, any of them kind of uh, match up with Brock Bowers. I mean, he was just like otherworldly. So, you see, now you're not such a like you know the NFL. You're not like a an NFL super fan, but I wonder, like, if you were starting your franchise right now, and I could say you could have uh, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. or you could have Brock Bowers. You get one or the other to to get your franchise started. Who are you taking? Oh, I, just with no other context clues. Just no that. other context clues. You get to pick one or the other, and that's how you're going to start your franchise. I'm gonna. I take Brock Powers, I guess, because he's gonna. He's more of a possession guy. He still has the wheels to kind of get downfield. He can take you, burn you deep, but he's also a really good blocker. I mean, he he fills the tight end position really, really well. So, I mean, coupled with a, a decent enough uh, offensive line, and that's the the bad part of the NFL draft is like these good players go to shit teams, right? That kind of uh, have not a lot of pieces in place. So, um, 
yeah, he's a guy that can block and can catch the ball and you know, really super dangerous in, in the red zone. Harrison Jr. is going to have an incredible career. Uh, I mean, uh, wherever he goes, I, I know that he's going to make a difference. But uh, yeah, if you're talking Arizona about Arizona for Arizona, please, please. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, he could be the next uh, Larry Fitzgerald there. I mean, a little less of a possession guy, more of like a, a speed threat to to bring you. But I mean, yeah, he's going to have a, a great career. But in terms of uh, building someone around, I think Brow- uh, Bowers is the way to go. Do you agree See, with that? I, man, I really want to say Harrison, but yeah, Bowers, I, I think about how many top line wide receivers there are in the league. You got like Cup and you got... Uh, you got Tyreek Hill. Like, there are a couple of them. Like, there's at least four. Uh, uh, there's the guy from Minnesota. Why his why his name is slipping my mind? I don't. I can't. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Stefan Diggs. Like, there are a lot of really great wide receivers. If, if you're if you get a pick like out of the top ten, there's really only like two good tight ends in the NFL right now who are really game changing. Like Jason. And it, it's probably closer. There's Kittle and Kelsey. And if you could get a Kittle or Kelsey, if you definitely, and this guy is more Kelsey than I think Kelsey is, I think he's a better prospect than Kelsey ever was. And I, I think the, the, the ceiling for him is way, way higher than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. Like in, I know he's had that injury, but guy bounced mm-hmm. back. He's always been productive. It's, in my mind, he's like the Peyton Manning of tight ends. Like how <laughs> would you even consider anything else? Well, I mean, it's like it's all about scheme and the fit, right? I mean, we've talked about that with these guys before. Like, who would have anticipated that uh, Patty Mahomes would be the next Brady? Who would have anticipated that Brady would have been, you know, the, the next Tom Brady? Like, no one. I mean, these guys were uh, low, low draft pick. I mean, Mahomes was was drafted kind of up there, but it's like everybody was kind of like really shitting on that pick because this guy was not good in college and like here he is like one of the greatest quarterbacks in in NFL history, like already at, you know, not even what 30 years old. It's incredible. So um, yeah, it's all about where they go and how they're used and, you know, what other pieces are around them, but. Man. Eh, Yeah. See, but if I was the Cardinals then you got to factor in like, well, you re- you've already spent the money on the quarterback, and you have no really good wide receiver for him. And this is going to be the thing that kicks stuff off for you and for you. Like you're right, it is about scheme when it when you when you have to look at it in reality. But man, like Brock Bowers is just one of those ones. I think people are going to be like, how would any how did he slip to the especially if he, he slips to the late teens, like yeah, he gets to well, but I mean, it's or twenty, like. Oof. Well, so it's like what you're talking about, you know, like Kelsey's probably got another couple of good seasons left in him. I don't know, unless he just decides like his brother, like he's going to, you know, potentially fuck off. But I, I wouldn't see like Kansas City taking him unless they want him to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. Can you imagine like both of those guys being on the field? But that's one of those like, OK, I couldn't see him going to San Francisco or Kansas City because, A, I don't see him falling that far in the draft to even make it there. Or B, it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Like you've already got like all world kind of tight ends. Why would you take another guy? It's like that, you know, to pay him, you know, first round money to kind of just wait in the wings. Like you, you kind of feel like a, a wide receiver is probably going to mean more to a team that needs an offensive weapon, especially with a guy like that with the possession and uh, speed that Harrison has. 
but you have to have a quarterback that's going to get him the ball. Like, I mean, they can be the best wide receiver in the world. If you get a quarterback that can't throw or can't see over the, the offensive line, then uh, it's not really going to matter. Right. So. <laughs> oh, the other thing about Kelsey, Kelsey is, uh, you know, there are people going leading up to the Super Bowl and even after there, there are men going around the country, the hairstyle they're, they're referring to the Kelsey. So they're okay. getting their haircut just like Kelsey, but what he has is a fade. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and, and this caused uh, this, this rose the vengeance of, of uh, both uh, Shannon uh, Sharp and Ocho Cinco. Let me play this clip for you. This Travis Kelsey influencing the culture and, and has it been since Jennifer Aniston, since we've had a person so associated <laughs> with a haircut. I was going to say the racial is apparently taking barbershops by storm. The New York Times began Black History Month by referring to the fade as the Travis Kelsey. What? They changed it up, huh? New York Times. So that's how you start Black History. Giving Trav, and that's my nephew, you're going to give him credit for the fade. We've been seeing the fade for years, huh? Ocho, I've been getting the fade since 86. <laughs> Who wrote that? Bro, I did, bro. I tried to figure out what black barbershop you go in and say, let me get a Travis Kelsey. They're about to look at you like, what? A who? The Travis. I don't think that he'd say that. <laughs> I can't imagine someone going and you're like, give me the Travis. Like, it just, are we there? Are we like, well, I, I, I agree with both of his points. I see, like, yes, I wouldn't go into a barbershop and say, give me the Travis Kelsey. I definitely wouldn't say that. But I also wouldn't say, like, that they would be questioning who that is. Not a chance. Are, are, are we are, are we reaching Macarena levels of, of, of <laughs> weirdness with, with this Kelsey's Taylor Swift things? Has it totally enveloped our culture? Are we there at the Macarena level? Or is there uh-huh. still further to go? I think there's still a little bit further because the Macarena thing was just like so instantly widespread. This had a little bit of a kind of like a lead up and a run in. Yeah, that's true. It felt like it, it kind of like it developed, uh, I think a little bit more organically, you know, it, it took a while to be like the, so ingrained in the zeitgeist. I think like the Macarena was just like, no one knew what it was and everybody knew what it was like the next day. Worst disease, COVID-19 or the Macarena? (laughs) The Macarena was more infectious than (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. Do you think the, are you one of those conspiracy nuts that thinks the Macarena was created in a laboratory? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Because I'm one of those. (laughs) All those Chinese sound engineers that were really, yeah. They tried to tell us it was bats shitting all over the place, like that movie, and it kind of made sense. Because we were like, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I saw that in the trailer. Yeah, we you sold that, and now we found out. It was leaked from a lab. Uh, Anthony Fauci was evilly involved. Bill Gates is making money off of it. It's all connected, man. You just <laughs> What you need is a wall, a clean white wall. What we need to do is we need to go to Michael's. We need to get some construction paper. We need to get a good pair of scissors. We need to get some tapes and Elmer's glue, a whole lot of Elmer's glue, and uh, buy magazines, lots and lots of magazines, and maybe a small pair of scissors because we're going to be cutting out letters. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's the level that I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Great. So let's take a little break here, and let's do some cheap plugs. And this is a great one because I don't have to read it. 
<laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu Shib. Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on coin market cap. You can buy hashtag SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges like Mark's favorite of Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following at SHIB, SHIB token on X. There you'll find the links to this Discord, subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu, Diamond Paws, SHIB to the moon. To the moon. All right. So this is a big day. Episode number 211. But, bro, it's Thursday. You know what that means? It's time to hand out some tacos. I don't like a button chemicals in the water. They turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Serious crap gay. Frogs freaking frogs. So we don't have the eight bit uh, lit up yet. Oh. I I I have it. I forgot to download. <laughs> oh, oh no! So I know where it is in my email. Well, kind of know where it is in my email, but I I'd have to pause. So I will I will have that for next week for certain. Okay, I'm looking uh, forward to hearing that. Very Taco. much. So. Taco Thursday is our version of a weekly award show where we reward the best places, people, things with the best awards. Anyone can receive a taco. Eric, could you, I'd appreciate it if you guys kicked us off this week. Who is your first taco for? For sure. It's unbelievably close to the end of February already. Can you believe that? Which means, of course, that March Madness will soon be upon us. The elite teams mostly jockey for incremental positioning in the top 25 at this point, pretty secure in their spots as one of the best seeds, regardless of conference tournament results, and not really at threat of being bounced from the big dance for a bad regular season showing. But coaches should be wary of a bad showing, as they certainly could be bounced from a job if they really do something bad, like, say, threatening to go fisticuffs with a fan. In an award that I'm calling the Hurley Thinks He's a Hard-Ass Heavy Taco, we find UConn Huskies coach Dan Hurley hurling hurtful words and apparently about to hulk out on a Creighton fan after the Blue Jays badgered the Huskies 85-66. Walking off the court, Hurley was caught on camera telling a fan, quote, I will knock you out, end quote. He then paused before dipping into the tunnel to stare down another Jay fan. To be fair, if I was Hurley and had been hearing a sellout crowd chanting, fuck Dan Hurley, (laughs) and then my top-ranked team went out and shit the bed in a 19-point loss, my fuse would probably be pretty short, too. The Jays went on a 22-6 run to go into the half up 43-29, and then they built on that lead to close it out, shooting 50% from three-point range. The loss ended UConn's 14-game winning streak, but worse, the Huskies are now 0-4 all-time on the road against Creighton in Omaha. The Huskies only have four more matchups before conference tourney time, including a matchup against a ranked Marquette team that they just mopped the floor with last week, so all signs point to them still featuring towards the top when tournament selection time rolls around. But will Dan Hurley still be there to guide them? Only if he refrains from putting a heap and helping a hurting on these hot-dogging humans. A good way to keep from running your mouth is to fill it with something, like an evil Mark Show <laughs> Not only the tastiest award in all of sports, but also the mouth-fillingest. <laughs> these, these Hurleys, man, they're no joke. <laughs> they're, they're a little intense. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> I will knock you out. <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 like, what do they think they are? These, these Hurley brothers. They think they're like the white version of Samuel L. Jackson going around talking shit like this. Like, <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, some intense guys. Let me see. I got some more sound. Oh, and of course, uh, I, I know a lot of people took some pleasure in this. The Blue Jays have never flown higher for the first time in program history. They've beaten number one. The Blue Jays are no joke. That, that's that's a that's a uh, a school that's really brought it a lot together. Like I'd say in the past four or five years, just uh, institutionally, uh, not only with the with the coaching, but front office staff has been on point. Uh, Creighton is just going to be, they're going to be one of those basketball, basketball schools. Like that's why we're going to know them and their name's going to come up around tournament time. And I think they're mm-hmm. going to year in and year out, have a really great program, really yeah. unique team. Yeah. They're always kind of dangerous come tourney time. They're like, they're always good for at least uh, a win or two, you know, to bust some people's brackets that maybe, you know, aren't familiar with, you know, the, like the casual fan that, you know, doesn't really follow the sport throughout the year or whatever, you know, uh, uh, but maybe now de- more so. They're de- kind of developing like a Gonzaga-like. A little bit, like, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, they're scary to everyone. Like, oh, I've heard that name before. They're that one weird school that's really good. Like, they, they, they're they starting to get that kind of Gonzaga kind of myth uh, going yeah, around. Yeah, that's great. true. Yeah, like the, the more that this keeps happening the, and the people that do it consistently that always fill out a bracket. Yeah, I think that maybe they've learned. But yeah, they were kind of t- taking people by surprise for a, a while because of how good they are and you know, kind of just like Creighton, where the hell, where is that even? You're like, who, who is that? What is that? Isn't it so, like, it's in the Midwest, it's in Nebraska, right? It's in Omaha. Yeah. Omaha. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I knew, I, I knew I used to, when I was gambling in Colorado in a federal prison, like I was, uh, there was a guy who was uh, one of my friends, like we were friends of a friends, but we were always a cool guy. We would go do the, the rosary. He was a really, really hardcore Catholic guy. And he was a huge college basketball fan and better. And uh, he was a, a Creighton guy. And I just, I, was, I remember when I first, I'm like, Creighton, where are you guys on like the East Coast somewhere? I'm like, you one of those weird East Coast schools, like in the Ivy League or something <laughs> like that. He's like, no, no, we're in the Midwest. I'm like, really? I'm Blue Jays. I'm like, and I never really paid attention to them uh, until back then. And man, that program's been on the come up. Uh, and yep. it's a cool looking logo too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. Well, I'll give you my first taco. And when you hear the word Harvard, what comes to mind? Crimson pride, Zuckerberg's brainstorming a way to compare female students to farm animals, maybe even visions of trust fund babies navigating the ivory towers. But would <laughs> you believe it? Almost had Chip Kelly rocking those big red puffy cheeks and that infamous hang dog expression as their football head coach. I call this taco. The I'm an I'm an offensive genius. Give me the hell out of here, Taco! And I'm giving it to one of my favorite coaches of all time, a man who's failed everywhere since leaving Oregon and hasn't found a process he can't improve by meddling with. Former UCLA head coach, now turned the Ohio State University offensive coordinator, Chip Kelly. All right, time to dive into the spicy details of Chip Kelly's wild ride in the college football coaching carousel. So picture this: the Bruder, the Bruins are teetering on the edge, ready to give Kelly the boot after a tenure that made fans wish they were still in the dark ages of Carl Durrell. But lo and behold, they decide to throw him a bone give him one more shot at redemption, but this makes Chip Kelly the lamest duck in lame duck history as head coach of UCLA. Hey, Jimmy Carter wants his legacy back. And then 
comes the plot twist of the century. Chip Kelly, the man who once had college football pundits worshiping his genius, sets his sights on none other than Harvard University. Yeah, you heard that right. The guy who made headlines for his unconventional plays suddenly wants to swap the West Coast for the RV, for the Ivy League, but Chip Kelly couldn't even get a call back. Dude contacted the administration himself, not through his agent, to let them know he was available on at least two occasions, and he didn't even get a call back for an interview. They didn't return his calls. Wouldn't even say no, thank you, or even worse, no, they went with the even worse response, which was nothing. So mm. this led, of course, to his last-minute interview and offer from Ohio State that only occurred. An offer was pending for days because they were waiting on Bill O'Brien whether he wanted to decide to bolt for Boston College. If Bill O'Brien didn't leave, Kelly would still be in Pasadena coaching the worst recruiting class in UCLA history, a class he himself recruited. Kelly even tried to bolt to the NFL before he landing safely in Columbus. He interviewed with the Seahawks. He interviewed with the Commanders. He interviewed with the Raiders and the Chargers. He, from the end of the last year to, to when Chip Kelly got hired at Ohio State, he was literally doing job interviews. He's like throwing resumes off the roof. He wanted to get the hell out of there. Uh, so he wasn't really sure if he was going to make it there. Uh, well, at least Chip Kelly is finally safe, and now he has someone else doing all the recruiting, and his reboot of the spread option of Urban Meyer's spread options is going to take the Big Ten by storm. Mark my words. So I'm awarding this evil Mark Shotaka and Chip Kelly for weathering the storm. When all looked bleak, he somehow, someway managed to land on his feet, and once you survive Armageddon, you have to celebrate life. And what better way to do that with an evil Mark Shotaka? So congratulations, Coach, and don't worry about the crimson. That shade of red doesn't match your weird puffy red cheeks <laughs> that's true i do not see that working out like and especially for him to be the one that kind of tried to to push it along like i mean did he want to be on the east coast that bad like oh he, wow he, like I, I think he was a he's a delaware guy like he grew up in delaware and he he went to college in delaware he's like a real like he, like uh, those guys, uh, Billy Joel sings about maybe a little. You know what I mean? Like, like those kind of white people. Like, uh-huh. oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you just wanted to to be in Boston that badly, huh? Wow. So Matt, I'm surprised that he wasn't trying to glom on with Bill O'Brien. It's like, <laughs> hey, like uh, Boston College is also in Boston. It's not Harvard, but. He's like the uh, Steve Harvey of uh, coaching. He's like, hey, hey, you know what? Give me that. Give me that role. I'll do it for half the money. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah, I won't even. It? I won't even eat craft service. Just, just, just tell me. I can tell the UCLA people that I can leave. It's, it's, that, it's a shame. That is just so weird, dude. It's like I, the guy is a head coach in LA <laughs> and takes a huge demotion to move to Columbus to be an. Uh, uh, wow, an offensive coordinator that that is just the report is he gave away millions in this. If he would have stayed at UCLA, he would have got that last year. It's like 2.3 million versus what I understand. I don't believe this. It says 750,000. I, I, Kelly, if, um, who's your boyfriend, Notre Dame, the one who went to Alabama, he got a million. Tommy Uh, Reese, yeah, if Tommy Reese gets a million, Chip Kelly gets a million. Like, Get the fuck out of here! But he, he sacrificed at least, I would say, a million, million and a half to to take that demotion. Oh, easy, 
easy, if if not more. I, I would think it's probably much more money than that. In, as it's insane. Successor, I think he's going to be a successor. I, I think it's oh, yeah, a like, scary I mean, success. A, a huge opportunity. Like, I mean, they already were kind of, you know, close, always in contention for uh, a Big Ten title, a, a national championship. So uh, he certainly has a better opportunity, I think, for winning something of substance with Ohio State. But he doesn't, you know, as the offensive coordinator, you don't get to gloat quite as much as the head coach does. So, I mean... I don't know. Maybe it's just about the love of the game, or maybe he's just he just desperately wanted out of LA. I I don't know. And he was on the good side of LA too. Like I don't get it, man. <laughs> I don't get it. Let me throw let me throw out a wild theory here, right? Because what if the offense is successful at Ohio State, things are rolling good, but they keep coming up short. Is Chip Kelly the coach in waiting for the Ohio State Buckeyes? I mean, the man Oof. is 60 years old. So, I mean, he doesn't, wow. he doesn't have a whole heck of time. I would say maybe 10, 15 years. Maybe, I mean, depending on health, it could be way less than that. But, I mean, he's an old man. But he could could he be like three playoff early exits away from being head coach? Wow. I, I don't think that they're going to give Ryan Day that long. <laughs> if it's three <laughs> exits, like – no, I think it's like it's win everything this year or bust. I, I don't think like well, especially now if you get a guy who was a head coach at uh, a D one program, you know, uh, especially if if they're power, they were the powerhouse, if they're a powerhouse offense, like somehow they start putting fifty, sixty on the board on a consistent basis. And sure, the defense does terrible, but they're if they're scoring more than everyone else and they're playing really exciting, it's going to be. And then they come up short in the playoffs. It's going to be really easy to be like, yeah, Ryan Day is not the guy to get us over the hump. Therefore, we can't gut the whole program. We're kind of forced to take Chip Kelly and and roll the dice. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with uh, like what Will Howard is the quarterback there now. I think it's like I don't know that he's going to be able to capable running. That same kind of spread that Chip Kelly's going to want to do. I I don't know. It, it's going to. I obviously Ohio State always has the weapons, and they're always going to be really good. And obviously, he's a, a good coach with you know a good scheme. So if anybody has the athletes to do it and to implement it, it's them. So we'll see. I mean, I know you want to see him do well. I certainly don't. I don't want Ohio State yeah. to be even better. Like I I don't want to live in that world. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Dangerous. I wish it wasn't with Ohio State. <laughs> this is like uh, a friend who's who would be like, "Hey, man, I'm thinking of joining the FBI." I would be like, mm, "Like, <laughs> I like you, but you're you're you're, you're only going to hurt things. We we don't want a good Ohio State with a great offense." But yeah, I, I've simped for for Mr. Chip Kelly for a long time, so maybe maybe it's time to put it away. Maybe, yes. maybe, maybe. I thought for sure when that news broke that I, like I even texted you, he's like, you have to stop rooting for this guy now. And you're like, I don't know. You're like trying to justify it. You're like, uh, you're like a, a battered woman that keeps going back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I gotta, I gotta, you know what I gotta do? I gotta do in true football fashion. I gotta do like, go dig a hole and bury a football. <laughs> <laughs> Put my go. demon to rest. Like, yeah, yeah, you're a real, like a real sub 500 football coach trying to <laughs> inspire his team at the end of the season. That's <laughs> awesome. So we had a mock <laughs> burial for football. Uh, well, who's your next taco for? 
Getting hit by a baseball hurts. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. As someone who got plunked on the regular in high school ball, I can tell you, even pitches 60, 70 miles an hour top speed still sting like hell and can make you a little bit more sheepish to how you approach your next at bat. Imagine then being Matt Maschi, Maschi Angelo. Sorry Sorry for me butchering that last name. Maschiangelo, I think, who probably has contemplated retirement from the sport, even though he's only in college, seeing as how he's been beamed seven times in his first eight bats of this young season in an award that I'm calling the that's going to leave a mark taco. We find five foot 11, fifth year junior Matt Maschiangelo. He's an outfielder at Sacramento State. Starting the season a lot more sore and in need of ice than his teammates. Sacramento State played a doubleheader against LMU on Friday afternoon and evening with Maschiangelo playing in both games. In game one, the bottom of the third, he was hit by a pitch. Bottom of the fifth, hit by a pitch. And again, in the bottom of the seventh, hit by pitch. The guy didn't even get on the stat sheet with an official at bat. And yet he was probably looking like he went around with Tyson in his prime. (laughs) In game two, bottom of the second, he made contact and not with his body for once. He actually flew out to right field to officially get into the books. But in the bottom of the fourth, he was hit by a pitch. Bottom of the sixth, (laughs) you guessed it, hit by pitch. Quick turnaround to the bottom of the seventh where he was once again plunked. And I'm sure he had to be saying, what the fuck by this point? In the bottom of the eighth as well, he was also hit by a pitch. But this time it was with the bases loaded. So he actually got to record a run batted in or battered in, in this case, wink, wink, not judge. To add further insult to the obvious injury, both games ended in losses for the team. But he does get the win with getting into the record books. And shouted out on the Evil Mark Show, earning an EMS taco with Wrigley's paw of approval. Now, doesn't that make it all worthwhile? <laughs> Let me see. I got a little bit of stop here. Comes in here with the lead, and he'll face the bottom part of the order. The first pitch just hit. Angelo. He was the only Hornet to reach the for a second time. This one getting him just off. Transferred from Cal State Bakersfield. This one skips in and it got him again. <laughs> time today. Two one. And he just got hit again. That's the fourth <laughs> time he's been hit today. It's in these two games. That's the greatest. <laughs> oh man, that's gotta suck. It, it, Have you ever I, been hit by a pitch? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, never really bad, never hurt, but like always on the back or uh, never. Yeah, always on the back. I've always been a, or on the shoulder. I've, I've been lucky. Never got plunked in the head or the, the knees. Thank God. Yeah, I I never got I got hit uh, five times, I think, over the course of My one season. God. I mean, so it's not, you know, seven times in eight at bats, but I got five times and four of those with fastballs. But the one that hurt the most, it was a curveball that got me in the hands and that hurt like hell. Like, Ooh. I mean, it was it was like obviously really, you know, slower pitch, but, you know, just the break and it just it got me right in the hands and that hurt real bad. But, yeah, I got, you know, some in the in the quad or the, and it's. It's not a good feeling. And well, this is high school guys, you know, like college, these guys can throw 80, 90, 100 miles an hour in some cases. High school, it's not quite as bad. It's 60, 70 kind of top end most of the, most of the time. But 
it still it hurts. Well, I I was on that the other end of that equation. Not only did I I was a pitcher in little league, I also pitched in uh, high school, and uh, and I was a I was a man of a very slow fastball and uh, uh, a determination to throw a curve, which I did figure out. And then, uh, but I was fascinated with knuckleballers, uh, specifically Tom Candia. <laughs> so I was a high schooler throwing a knuckleball for i think we were like 6a like we were like we would play um, it's big no no it's a word the, the 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 no no i'm sorry we were uh the higher the a the worse the, the level <laughs> like oh so, okay it's reverse yeah. then for, yeah, for where we are. okay yeah. so yeah it's the completely so we were like in the lowest of low divisions like they, i think there were like club teams of like uh homeschooled kids like that's like <laughs> and, and indian reservations like that's who we would that's oh who God. we would play and uh oh. when i would when i would go out there with my knuckler man i would plunk people all the time <laughs> that's hilarious i i one time hit four people in a row <laughs> awesome all still trying with the knuckleball yeah, no, no. I at that point, oh. I was. It was like after the, after the first one, and then I got. We had two on, and, and then it was like I was covered in flop sweat. <laughs> I was like, no, man. <laughs> I'm like my, my night. I'm manifest. I'm manifesting my own nightmare right now by just. And, and I, I even talked to the my coach comes out, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I I'm a gas can. This is. This is only going to get worse. And he's just like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. I'm like waving him out there. Like, this is, <laughs> take me out. And this is like somebody drowning in the ocean. You're like, oh, look at it. That, that person is not a very good swimmer, are they? No. Yeah, look, look at that. Look at that motion. Just really thrashing and bounding about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's going to work out for them. <laughs> Uh, I got, I pitched one time. I was not a pitcher. I was, I was an outfielder and, uh, but just, we had, you know, two guys that would just like always pitch. And, you know, obviously when you're high school, you're, you're a little bit more resilient, but when you're playing enough games, these guys are just going out there and they're, you know, their arms falling off at this point. And so, uh, we had, you know, the second game of a double header and the coach was like, does it, can anybody else pitch? And I was like, yeah, sh- sure, screw it. Like, I- I've never done it before, but how hard can it be? I did get two outs, but I also gave up six runs. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> that-, that was pretty good. Now, I'm up there, you know, just basically I ended up just, you know, throwing the ball at the plate, just trying to to get it. But initially I'm going up there thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw a slider. I'm going to throw a curve. I'm going to I'm going to do all these things, you know, try to get cutesy with it. And when you're getting shelled, it's just like, all right, just <laughs> try to pitch to contact. Just like have this guy hit a crop ball for the, for the <laughs> love of God. Uh, yeah, but that was a, a cool thing. You know, having my name in the paper is the losing pitcher. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that's pretty neat. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll tell you one more baseball uh, tale here before we move on. I, I once gave up, I think, yeah, 11 runs, ended the game for, <laughs> for my team in high school. This was a, I was a freshman. There was no freshman junior varsity. It was just the varsity team. So, and we were, our program was weird in where we had, we just, we were always heavy on freshmen and sophomore. Like, it just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that occurred. It was just, we were always really heavy on young guys. and. Uh, it, I was the only available pitcher. One kid got sick. The other kid was not academically eligible, thrown in the fire. I was more of a, 
a relief pitcher. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> I, I always thought of myself more as like a middle reliever, ham and egg guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day they'll make a movie about me and they'll get a wistful uh, uh Kevin Kevin Yeah. Nice. Just a guy who grinds out in you know, in the back half or seven a seven and eight guy, you know, he, he doesn't need the saves. He knows that the real sexy stat. It's not a save. You it's know what the most sexy it's a hole, man. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you, when you know, you know. If you know a hold is sexier than a than a save. That's when you know baseball. That's when you really, really know baseball. <laughs> Shit. Now give me like Shay Shay over here. Now see now now the black button, now the black part. I'm gonna amp up my black guy. Shit. This is bullshit, man. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you know. I'll <laughs> let your boy. Well, I, keeping with that flow, <laughs> the NBA All-Star Weekend wrapped up, and it seems like the only thing everyone agreed on was that they hated the NBA All-Star game. But amidst the course of disapproval, one hater emerged as the MVP of negativity, hater of the year nominee, none other than America's favorite third wheel, Kenny the Jet Smith. I'm dubbing this taco the why aren't you boo why are you booing me? I'm right, Taco. And it's going straight to the man who can't seem to find joy in anything all-star related, former Tar Heel and Perpetual Buzzco, Kenny Smith. The shooting stars competition during All-Star Saturday night sparked some chatter, especially when Stephen Curry and Sabrina Ionoscu squared off for the title Ultimate Sharpshooter. While most folks were entertained by the showdown, Kenny had a different take. From his perch in the broadcast booth, he couldn't help but rain on the parade, insisting that uh, Sabrina, I'm going to even gonna try to say the name, should have taken shots from the WNBA <laughs> three-point line instead of the NBA line. Despite her impressive performance, now she brought her A-game, matching Curry shot for shot and proving she's a force to be reckoned with. But Kenny, he remained unimpressed, sticking to his guns, even as Curry claimed victory. And let's just say this, T- and let's just say his TNT colleagues weren't exactly thrilled with his hot take. But hey, when has Kenny ever let a little backlash stop him from speaking his mind? Let's hear Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller having a, a little bit of a tiff here. Uh, if I can find it. No, no, that's... Uh, here we go. Let me play a little bit of this. <laughs> I, I, I think she should have shot from the She should have shot from the women's line. That would have been a fair contest. I still root for Sabrina. I still root for Sabrina. We all are rooting for Sabrina. No, she should have shot from the three-point line that the women shoot from. Why are you putting those boundaries on her? That's not a boundary. She That's what the game is. She wanted to shoot. They have a smaller ball, don't they? She shot about WNBA ball. WNBA ball is smaller. She shot with the WNBA yeah, but ball. She, she shot from the line. It, it, there's it, a it, women's it. tee in golf and there's a men's tee. For a reason. No. She a shooter shoot. Is that what you said? Yeah, but they shoot from where they shoot from. No. Thank you. No, no, no. Sabrina Good job, shoot. Sabrina. No, but, but don't let any man put boundaries on you like Kenny. Uh, well, then give him a regular don't, ball then. Don't let give him the same ball. boundaries on you. Give him a regular ball then. It's not fair. Getting the getting a little Ben Shapiro there, right? <laughs> I mean, damn. Uh, yeah, but well, hey, but go ahead. Give me your thought. I, I was going to say, like, I mean, he, he should know better than to argue with Reggie Miller, whose sister Sharon Miller was like <laughs> yeah, no one of the best. Like, <laughs> he knew that he wasn't going to win that argument about talking about that women can't ball. Give me a break. Yeah, he, he knew Reggie Miller was going to take it to the mat. It's a, it's not like he has anyone related to him that <laughs> might be one of the best basketball players. Yeah, I could. Yeah, definitely. So when 
when has Kenny ever let a little thing like reality get in the way of a piss poor hot takes? He stuck to his guns, even as the Twitterverse erupted in disbelief. Let me read you some of these uh, uh, Twitter responses on X. Um, Kenny Smith is embarrassing enough. Spy suggested Sabrina should have shot in the women's line. She shot just as well as the plays in the main competition. Kenny saying Sabrina should have shot from the women's line when she was four points away from beating him in basketball. Kenny Smith needs to shut up. Man, just give Sabrina her flowers, saying a bunch of nonsense, bruh. Kenny hate on Sabrina because she used a WNBA ball is lame. Uh, and then there's other things where someone has uh, Kenny Smith under a picture of a uh, Silky Johnson uh, from the Dave Chappelle show and the player hater of the year. I'm going to retweet <laughs> this one right now. Uh, I mean, the, not every announcer, everyone disliked uh, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, but no one disliked it more than Kenny Smith. And But I do have to admit, uh, I Maybe I'm being regressive here, but I kind of agree with Kenny Smith. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. Should have shot from the right line. Should have used an NBA ball. I, I, I don't know. It's just me. It just seems a little bit unfair. It's it's fair criticism, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stand with Mister Third Wheel. I'm gonna give him an evil Mark Show Taco for sticking to his terrible, stupid opinion in the face of everyone not wanting Sabrina to feel bad. She's literally the best athlete from Oregon, uh, best WNBA player. Uh, shoot the lights out, uh, but all of this does not change the fact that Kenny Smith is indeed an asshole. But in my opinion, he might be. He has some points. Had she shot from the WNBA line, I have no doubt in my mind that she would have made more shots. She would have ended up winning, and then everybody would have been mm, saying that, that was that was null and void. Then they would be like, "Oh, well, it wasn't fair for Steph because she shot from the WNBA line, which is you know like two feet closer or whatever." It would, it's not fair. It's not apples to apples. So she was trying to mitigate that by going back to the to the NBA line, like. I'm sure she, like, if they would have said, you know, here, you got to shoot with the NBA ball as well. I'm sure she would have done it if she was asked. She shot with a WNBA ball that was she was used to, but she shot, you know, from the NBA range to make it more fair. And she got the same amount of points as uh, Damian Lillard won that contest, right, with 26 points, which is exactly what Sabrina Ionescu got was 26 points. And it just so happened that that Steph is one of, like, the greatest three-point shooters of all time and finished it with 29 points. Like, she was definitely right there in it and uh, was trying to cut off all those arguments at the pass. And still, you got... Kenny Smith, it's, you're still making that thing. I liked the the drop that you played at the beginning of the show where I, I don't know who was it that said it. Maybe it was Reggie that had said that, like, oh, she shouldn't have been playing. She should have been playing with dolls, right? That's what you're saying? Like, I mean, like, the, I... Uh, yep, I again, got that. Like what we I talked got about. that right here for you. Let's knock it down. Well, according to you, you want her just playing with dolls, right? <laughs> I want her to shoot from no, where she shoots from. No, she does shoot threes in the game. Not from there. Man, <laughs> Reggie Miller, man, he's yeah. just not. Yeah, like I said, I mean, his sister Cheryl, like she's one of the the best uh, like women basketball players of all time, and obviously Reggie Miller knows something about being a really good basketball player with a, a deep, you know, three range. So uh, he knows what he's talking about. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, who's your last taco for? 
Uh, we're also kind of sticking with basketball and uh, mentioning Caitlin Clark, who's another one that's kind of being talked about uh, that could potentially be in that Sabrina Ionescu uh, circumstance, maybe competing against somebody in three point. Uh, Caitlin Clark has been in the news a lot lately, having broken the record for most career points scored in Division One last Thursday night. And of course, she did it in impressive fashion, as always, not only beating the disgusting Michigan Wolverines, but by nailing a logo three well beyond the arc to do so to get the record but you probably aren't aware that there was another ncaa record broken that very same night in an award that i'm calling the this taylor is also swift on the boards taco we find division two francis marion university player lauren taylor breaking a record with an astonishing 44 rebounds coupled with a career-high 34 points, and all that in just 26 minutes on the floor. Oh, and it needs to be said, too, that she's not some six-foot-eight, you know, Brittany Griner, Amazon, towering over all other competition by a foot. She, Taylor is five-foot-eleven. The record that she broke... <laughs> yeah. The record she broke was 40 rebounds, which was 40 years ago, set by Deborah Temple of Delta State. Taylor said, quote, honestly, in the moment, it just felt like another game to me. I was really locked in on winning the game above all else. But when I was in it, it just felt like I was having fun. It didn't feel like it was so much of a chore or a task to go get the rebounds. I was just doing what I can do. I feel like it's evolving in many different ways from every single level. So just keep your eyes on women's basketball. And it's not always about scoring. Rebounding is cool, too, end quote. It is, Lauren. Rebounding is cool, too. Dennis Robin was one of the coolest players back in the day for doing exactly that. So congrats on the record. And also for earning this evil Yorkshire taco. May you cherish this always. Now go hit that practice floor and teach your team how to actually make a basket so you don't have to spend so much time cleaning the glass. That, that was – this one kind of ties into – this ties to yours and ties to the next one. Like the, the best rebounder was, uh, in my mind, was Dennis Rodman by far. But, man, when Charles Barkley would rebound, that was always a sight to see, especially <laughs> as such a good offensive player and willing to go out there and, and get boards and, and really D up on people too. I was always uh, – always really impressed with, with Charles Barkley and his rebounding ability. But Dennis Rodman was just like, yeah, he was the, the round mound or rebound, right? That's, that's yeah. what it was, his nickname was. That's pretty cool. But yeah, Rodman though, Rodman was just like, it's tough being in that era. Any other era, it would have been Barkley would have been more celebrated for his point scoring and rebounding. But it, when it came to rebounding, Rodman was like, he was, he was like the from what Leonardo da Vinci is to inventors is what <laughs> is what Dennis Rod like you can't even eclipse him you can't even come close <laughs> that's very true and then you add the weird thing into it and how his <laughs> yeah. lifestyle it's, it's just then it makes then it becomes it's folklore then it goes and just like we were talking about earlier with the crow <laughs> there's your through lines <laughs> from here to there. He's there. a guy that, that that tried to get into acting. So he's one that maybe in an awesome kind of alternate universe could have actually played the role of the crow or maybe one of like, you know, kind of the henchman that he goes up against. But certainly a guy that you could see kind of living in that world that uh, that would be in a crow film, I think. So, well, speaking of Sir Chuck, for over 25 years, Charles Barkley or Sir Charles, as he is still known in the Valley, has earned a reputation as one of the best sports pundits in America and a true rank and tour for his forthrightness and his analysis and his willingness to have a hot take that actually makes sense. Now, naturally, it's led to some iconic quotes, 
from Hall of Famer over the years, such as when he said, quote, sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is a train, end quote, or when he said, quote, I can be bought. If they paid me enough, I'd work for the Klan, end quote, which that definitely reminds me of Jared. Jared has actually said that as well. I don't think he mentioned the Klan, but he's, he's basically had the same sentiment. Well, Sir Charles continues to do God's work, and that's why I'm awarding him this evil Mark Shotaka. One, I'm calling the fat. That's just more of me to hate. Skip Taco, Skip Bayless Taco. Just like myself, Charles Barkley absolutely hates talk, this talking head, this walking racist character, and longtime talking head Skip Bayless. Now, Barkley hasn't been shy about his feelings toward the Fox Sports One personality over the years, and that doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon, as the round mound of rebound recently said that he sometimes wishes he was heavier so he could hate Bayless with even more weight. Let me play you the sound <laughs> from the Dan Patrick show. So he's saying, Charles Barkley is saying that he would like to, he lost a bunch of weight. And he, his, his face looks very weird, uh, but he's lost a bunch of weight. He's saying he wished he could gain more weight. So he could have, there'd be more of him. So there'd be more of him to hate Skip Bayless. Let's see. It's going to be right here at the, here we go. Patrick is on a great ascension. He's doing great. He's not Tom Brady yet. And Andy Reid, you know, is a great coach. And he's won three Super Bowl. He's still three behind Bill. And let me tell you how stupid some of these guys are on television. Uh, you know how much I hate Skip Bayless. I, I hate him with every fiber. You know, I really, sometimes he makes me want to gain weight back so I can hate him with even more weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, he, he goes on television and says, uh, if it wasn't for Bill, uh, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, Bill wouldn't have all these championships. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> Bill's a, the greatest coach ever. And he says, well, he only won the Super Bowls because of Tom Brady. Well, so he, <laughs> Charles, just continues. But let me repeat that main part. You know how much I hate Skip Bayless. I hate him with every fiber. With every fiber. Sometimes he makes me want to gain weight back so I can hate him with even more weight. Now, unsurprisingly, <laughs> Barkley's comments about Bayless went viral on Twitter as the photo of that quote has racked up over 43,000 likes. Now, forget everyone hates Chris. It's obvious that everyone hates Skip Bayless. Even his longtime partner, Shannon Sharp, has found a new life after escaping the black hole of narcissism. That is Skip Bayless. Listen up, bros. Skip Bayless is the king of the hot take, but his crown is made of recycled garbage. And his scepter, just a selfie stick. He's like that annoying kid in school who always had one up everyone else, except now he's doing it on national television. And let me tell you, it's about as entertaining as a colonoscopy. My man is literally the Green Day song, Walking Contradiction. If you don't like Skip Bayless' hot take, give it five days. It'll totally change. It's fine. Another one will come. He's like a weather vane in a hurricane, spinning whichever way the wind of logic uh, controversy blows. But hey, at least he's consistent in his inconsistency. Uh, he's terrible. Now, Sir Charles is right. America hates skips. And if we get fatter, the only that only means more of us to hate Skip Bayless. So how can we reach our goals? With an evil Mark Show taco, of course. This one with Wrigley's Paw of Approval and a huge side of Chipotle Ranch, which sounds great. If you're eating a thousand calorie meal for dinner, those are rookie numbers. You need to pump those numbers up. We need to make more of you to hate Skip Bayless even that much more. <laughs> There's got to be healthier ways to ha hate Skip Bayless, right, Eric? Uh, 
Yeah, but I mean, not as many that are that fun. I mean, uh... <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah. Point. Point. <laughs> counterpoint. I will give you that. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I don't like Skip Bayless either. I've never liked Skip Bayless. Every time he says something that I, I'm like, I actually, when I first hear it, I'm like, oh no, yeah, I, I've thought of that. I'm like, oh, now I'm, now I question that thought. Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If, if he was like, no, we have to, we have to keep supporting Chip Kelly. I'd be like, mm, maybe we don't. Do we maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. we need. Skip, skip. Can you say something? <laughs> say skip, something skip. positive about Chip Kelly. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but uh, for those fans of the even weirder subgenre of, uh, uh, not weirder, but the even better, I think this one's got more popular of uh, black comedians. Uh I don't know if you heard this, Eric, but Mike Epps has uh, uh, taken a run at uh, Shannon Sharp. Mike Epps okay. claims that Shannon Sharp is a is a closet homosexual, and this has caused a huge backlash and fight in the black comedy community. Everyone's kind of everyone's kind of paired up on sides: the Kevin Hart versus Cat Williams. Mike Epps somehow. Landed on the uh, uh, on the kind of Kevin Hart side of the fence, and now there's this weird war. Hmm. Well, it's kind of disappointing because I liked. So I'm assuming that Mike Evans is coming from it. From this is a negative. Yeah, right? he's yeah he's coming from this is a negative. Yeah. I, hmm. That's disappointing because I always thought that, you know, Mike Epps was, was kind of cool. I didn't know that uh, about him, you know, like that. Why should it matter what your sexuality is? Like, I, I still don't understand that we're in this day and age. Like, who gives a fuck? You know, like, <laughs> who cares who you're fucking? I, <laughs> Shannon Sharp, like, I I don't know. Like, Shannon, I don't think anyone would care, though. Like, it just, it seems so weird. Yeah, like, it, so... <sighs> Yeah, I, I honestly don't know like what difference it would make. Like, how would that change people's perspective on him? Like, people that liked to that were entertained by him and the things that he said. People that agreed with his takes on on sports or about just life in general. Now you're all of a sudden gonna completely change because of his sexual preference. Like, that's that sounds like a you problem, not a him problem. It's also kind of weird that like just now when he's getting some heat, like this guy's been around forever. Ever since he's retired, he's been in the the sports talk game or the announcing game. Like he's been in the media and for him to kind of like, he, we never would have thought he'd be the guy who would be the one who'd cross over from sports media to pop culture with, with his Cat Williams interview. And now these subs, uh, these, uh, these new uh, club Shay Shay interviews, like who knew that, that like he would be, actually become really, really popular. And here we are. You got to feel like there's elements of other people who probably been waiting near the wings who were, or like Mike Epps might've just like not gotten all the best opportunities or kind of got forgot about kind of hating on Shannon Sharp. Yeah. It just sounds more like jealousy. Like um, he hasn't achieved the same kind of level of, uh, I don't know, notoriety or, uh, you know, just eyes on him that, um, yeah, just, I don't know, man. It's, 
sounds pretty messed up. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know where I'd come down on that feud. I Cat Williams is there's a lot of stuff that like if you listen to any of the cat Williams, like he says a lot of weird shit, like a thousand books. Like well, some so, of he's a little nutty. A little he's a bullshit, but he's a comedian, so he's kinda like like it's it's okay. It's okay. So let's take let's talk about Jared. Let's just say for example I mean, because Jared said some weird stuff, right? Like he's he's made <laughs> jokes about bait, like drinking Henry Cavill's bathwater or whatever. Like he's he's made jokes. Like what if it came out that I mean, because Jared's been a friend of ours for a couple of years now, right? Yep. Hey, we've yep. we've done multiple shows with him. We've spent lots of hours. You know, we've actually you know we met the guy in person, spent time with him. What if it came out that he was gay? Would you think differently of him? I'd be kind of glad. I think it would probably, I, I would be like, it would like, explain so much, right? I would be like, it explains a lot. And now he can, now he can really like fully go wild with it. Now he can like own it. And, you know, now he gets to have that. I'd be more like, uh, but also, and I mean, I would say that publicly, but privately, I'd be like, ah, F word. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Joking, but not joking. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, well, you know, like, go for it. Yeah, right. Go I mean, do your it, thing. It, it wouldn't it's change. Like, I, look, I know there are drag shows happening somewhere, like within my vicinity. I know there's a drag show. Just not for me, man. <laughs> just, <laughs> but I like, go for it. Well, I prefer, but I prefer you. Thing. I prefer like, you to be home, not for ideological reasons, so we can get less traffic on the roads. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, okay, but so, but what I'm saying is, like, a, your opinion on, on him wouldn't change. Like, you would still have a show with him, yeah, right? Yeah. You'd still be friends with him. Like, same with me. Like, it. So, I, and I, I don't know that. Like, that's what listeners need to ask themselves. Anybody that kind of has like that feeling that's like in the Mike Apps champ is like, well, now I don't like Shannon Sharp because he's maybe potentially gay, or at least that that aspersion has been kind of cast upon him. It's like, if you don't like someone because of like their their sexual preference, like then you never really liked them to begin with, right? Like, so anyone that's why I bring up Jared because anybody that likes Jared now and listens to him and thinks that he's a a fun, interesting character, if it if it turned out that he was a different sexual orientation than than cis male. Like, I don't know. That that's a you problem, man. Like, they, you, there's so many other like actually major detrimental things going on in the society than than people's sexual preference, especially if it's in the case where they're not like so. Because this is like a like a right wing people's a huge problem with it is like they're shoving it down our throats, right? Is mm. Shannon Sharp like has, has it come out that he actually is homosexual? No, right? It's just it's kind of been talked about. So is Shannon Sharp one of those guys that's quote unquote shoving it down someone's throat? Absolutely fucking not. Like you wouldn't know. Like only now is is someone maybe talking about it. The same thing would be with like with Jared. What is he like so uh, like kind of always talking about it? it it's ever present and it's like the only thing about his uh, personality that, that he can talk about is the fact of his sexual orientation. No, like he's just a person living their life. And that's what a lot of, a lot of these people are. And just all of, his, it, all of his fishing shirts would have like pride flag themes. <laughs> 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 like, 
or like would he be a would he be a new age pride flag one or do you think he'd be like an old school rainbow flag like his which is is he the forward thinking younger or is he the, is he the old school keeping it real right what kind of what kind of gay think, is jared i think the, probably more new more new school like like call of duty actually had like the you know like the pride flags just the different variations and he actually ran with one of those. And I don't know if he didn't know what it meant or what it actually was for or what, like he just thought that the colors looked nice together. I don't know. But he was like, when we first started playing video games together, he was like rocking uh, like a pride flag kind of thing. And I just never said anything about it because like, whatever, you know, but you can't, you can't seem to keep a girlfriend uh i but i've seen i've seen his apartment and their his house <laughs> and I, there's no way they're way more i mean i hate to be stereotyped but they're way cleaner than that like very <laughs> rarely do they have one like like that <laughs> well he's like, the exception that proves the rule i think maybe he, <laughs> he's got he's got paper plates and he's got plastic forks <laughs> first of all basically pussy propellant and then second of all there's no way he's a gay guy it's definitely a straight guy thing <laughs> no oh. way i don't have a plate i have a paper plate <laughs> but you have a bowl no i don't really eat any bowl kind of foods because i don't have any bowls i have a lot of spoons <laughs> because the spoons come with the forks <laughs> oh he's gotta have bowls because for all that ramen that he's eating yeah so uh, yeah, you're right that's another that's another really point he's not gay because he has no mm. uh food class taste either so uh yeah a lot of ramen with uh, tofurkey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the tofu. Oh, we're we're building a solid case here. I feel like <laughs> we we might have the goods here as, as the prosecuting attorneys. We might be able to bring this guy to justice and and come. I feel like the we just we I think we we uh, uh, we like the wire. We we just solved this murder <laughs> just in this conversation. <laughs> just in this con this conversation that started off. What if Jared was gay and now we've we've here now we've now I'm giving you the look like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yep, <laughs> yep here we are and then you look up at the 90 degree angle and you see the, mm, man, that's where the guy shut through the fucking one. yeah yeah all right let's get out of here take it in the <laughs> fridge take it out the shelf yeah it, no it's it's yeah it's a slam dunk I I, I will prosecute him uh, tomorrow or next week actually we're meeting tomorrow for some other business, but uh, that was Taco Thursday, our version of Weekly Award Show, where all the winners receive the Tasty's Award. Anyone can get a taco. Congrats to all our winners. Now, as we wrap up the show, I want to mention at Shib Token. Look, if you feel like you missed the cryptocurrency, you're like, I missed the Bitcoin thing, missed the Doji coin thing. Uh, uh, you have not missed out. There is still Shib Inu, which is a great cryptocurrency. Uh, I got to tell you this. Someone from the Shib Army shared this in the subreddit today. Uh, I follow at Shib Token, and I, I, I saw this link. I wanted to read more about this. If you would have invested $1,000 back when Shib first came out in 2018, $1,000 when it first released, and if you would have sold a day, you'd have a four. Point seven million dollars American just by buying and holding at one point it, when it was at its highest point in 2011 you would have been 64 million dollars 
all from Shib- from cryptocurrency. If you if you feel like you missed the boat, there's still a lot of growth with Shiba Inu. Uh, I just do do your own research. Go to at ShibToken on Twitter. Uh, they'll have links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, everywhere else to get more information. Do your own research. Look into it. Uh, diversify your portfolio, but also do not turn your back on the future. You don't want to be stuck with a manual typewriter, man. You don't want to be stuck with like I don't know how this phone works. I, I, I how do I FaceTime my uh, you know, my, my, my grandniece, like you don't want to be there. Like we're, <laughs> these are the people. That rotary be, phone. Yeah. These are the people who are going to be cannon, cannon fodder. Like, these are the ones when the water starts running out, these are the people who are going to be killed off. Like you don't want to be them. Used for soiling. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. They're going to become the new food source. You don't want to be them. Make sure you're looking at it doing your own research. Um, and also while you're on there, make sure you're uh, going to Twitter and following us at EVLMRK. Once again, it's EVLMRK. Uh, look for hashtag EMS211. Um, today, I want to thank executive, uh, I want to thank executive producer Jennifer and Schenectady. Uh, I want to thank Jared, who's the podcast, uh, who's the host of the podcast, Nobody's Listening, uh, and of the special uh, episode Mansers that just happened in the feed one episode ago. So please, if you haven't checked that one out, go check that out right now. Uh, today's co-host, Eric. Eric, Tell us everyone where they can get more Eric and tell them a little bit about file under entertainment. We had a mini file under entertainment, but tell them a little yes, bit more sure, about that. We sure did for more of that uh, music related stuff with Mark as a frequent guest. You can check out an entire uh, season worth of uh, season two on file under entertainment. You can also double back to season three, which is all about movies. And Mark joined us for the a episode. And also we'll be coming back for the C episode. You heard us talk a little bit about the, the crow. Um, he's also going to be talking about two other movies that he's incredibly passionate about cool hand, Luke and Caddyshack. So you don't want to uh, miss that. That is going to be the next one on the feed, but until then, yeah, an entire season worth of movie stuff, an entire season worth of music stuff and another uh, movie season that we're in the midst of. So file under available anywhere and you can vote in the polls. Uh, we do the uh, like, would you rather for each of it's one of the very important questions that we talk about. Uh, and so your voice can be heard as a listener. You can, you know, uh, vote in the, would you rather's and we'll talk about that in the next episode. So. Um, also guys, if you want to email the show, email the show at show at evilmark.com. Once again, that's show at evilmark.com and find more information on TikTok at ask evilmark. All right. So, uh, let's set up our final sound here. So Surchak, such a great sound, <laughs> him wanting to gain weight to hate, uh, uh, to hate Skip Bayless even more. Uh, but there was another one, uh, if I can find it, let's see. Oh, so Charles Barkley. Some good takes, some bad takes. Some ones are pretty spot on the money, and sometimes somewhere wild, like his idea to gain weight. But some are, 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 are a little bit of his little his right side of the of the fence swinging. So I'm going to take you out with you can kind of imagine it in your mind before you even hear it. But Charles Barkley breaking down why he doesn't like San Francisco. So until next time, be ungovernable. Be uncompromising. I'm sorry. <laughs> After all the stuff that we just talked about here, here's Charles Barkley undoing it all. <laughs> <laughs> here's Sir Shock swooping in, getting the rebound and the points and, and, the, free, and the free shot. Nope, it is not. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, Reggie, we love you. Let's not have another star in Indiana. Let's let this be the last one. Come on, man. Is it the snow you, you, you spent enough time here, Reggie. You don't need to come back home. Was it the minus, uh, hey, you know, hey, the hey. 17 degrees? Hey, 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 hey Reggie. Yes? If you, had a, if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, when you talk, oh, oh, that's crazy. Oh, no. You're not welcome. Oh, not you in. You're not welcome. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. <laughs> yeah, with a bulletproof bag. Hey, Taylor. <laughs> 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 Taylor, that little red button on that microphone, it says cough, and just hold that.